It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Alex Jones testified before the January 6th committee. And he said that he pleaded the fifth over 100 times. Interestingly, he said that some of the questions were actually kind of reasonable. But the scary thing here is that they had all of his text messages. Mm. So when someone comes to you and they say, use Signal or use a VPN, and you think they're being paranoid, let me just remind you that Adam Schiff released an American journalist's private phone records. Alex Jones's private text messages were in the hands of these, these members of Congress, the January 6th committee. They know what you're saying and who you're saying it to. Well, now many on the left are saying Alex Jones pleading the fifth is proof he's guilty because they don't know how rights work. But uh, yeah, we'll get into all that stuff. We got Joe Biden pulling back officially and formally on the vaccine mandate because they have lost. Ron DeSantis is pissed off that the FDA has ended monoclonal antibodies, at least two of them. And we got this poll out of Rasmussen showing that most of this country thinks the press is the enemy of the people. I'm not surprised. Joining us to talk about that is Curtis Houck. Yeah, thanks for having me. Who are you, good sir? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the managing editor of Newsbusters, the main division of the Media Research Center. Uh, we've been around since 1987, and uh, we watch the fake news so you don't have to. We watch Joy <laughs> Reid, the White House press briefing, CNN. We're like the five people that actually watch CNN. Hmm. We watch Joe and Mika cringe Sounds painful <laughs> yeah it, it is it is uh some days i'm just wondering how do i actually do that how do i stay sane um lots of coffee and other <laughs> other other beverages substances, yes. other substances yes <laughs> um and other hobbies um but so you guys you know when, when rasmussen comes out with this poll showing i think it's like what 58 percent of voters think the press the press mm -hmm. the enemy of the people this includes us to us to a small degree but many democrat voters mm. you're you're in the thick of it you you watch this all day every day like, you know, all of the BS being pumped out by these these fake news institutions. Yeah. And, and the poll is really interesting because no matter which way you slice it, the only group that doesn't view the media as the enemy of the people is the Democrats. And it's only 37 percent. And, you know, you look down, break it down among racial groups. It's whites, 56 percent, African-Americans, 63 and everyone else, 60 percent. So I, black people in this country actually hate the media more than white people. Yeah. <laughs> it, that was maybe the most astounding number in all I'm of not, this poll. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not surprised you see, you know, this particular community distrusting of institutions. But we'll, we'll, we'll get right. into all that stuff. So I mm -hmm. think it's going to be excellent to talk to you. We got Ian hanging out. Yeah, I want to know how you how you manage it. Without going <laughs> insane, so this will be yeah. fun. Ian Crossland, everybody. What's up? Good to see you. Yep. I am also in awe of Curtis. I don't like the concept of watching these people on TV. The tweets are enough for me. I like to watch videos on mute and I don't want to hear their voices. So more power to you. I'm very mm -hmm. happy you, oh, you do it and I don't have yeah, to. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, that's why I tweet all those videos. That's yeah. probably how some of you have seen me before that I'm the guy that tweets all those videos out. Yes. So you don't have to in a nice one minute, two minute digestible portion. Did you see Whoopi Goldberg accidentally claim the vaccines were killing kids? Oh, no. She misspoke. I think it's fair to say. <laughs> yeah. The problem yeah, is when it comes to like the fact checkers and like media matters, they wouldn't give anyone the benefit of the doubt if they no. misspoke and said the wrong word. But we're all expected to give her the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because it's Whoopi Goldberg. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. okay, Guinan. All right. Anyway, before we get started, my friends, head over to TimCast.com, become a member and help support our work. 
As members, you are making sure all of our journalists stay employed. You're helping this show exist, and you will get access to exclusive members-only segments of the TimCast IRL podcast. We put those up around 11 p.m. Monday through Thursday, and you will also get an advertisement-free experience on the website. So if you like the work we do and you want to see more of it, become a member, because each and every person who does is another grain of sand in that heap, and we are expanding. We are building more. We are doing more shows. We got two other shows. We've, we've got three other shows. We've got the Cast Castle vlog, which is, you know, starting to pick up steam, and it's mm-hmm. it's kind of just comedy and, like, Fun. you know, a, a semi-fictionalized reality that's happening here at the house. A lot of it's real, but we throw in gags and stuff. We have Tales from the Inverted World and Pop Culture Crisis. And once these shows reach a certain threshold, we're going to launch more shows. We're going to get involved in culture. We're already talking about doing comic, like full-on fictional sitcom kind of stuff and movies because we want to build culture. We want to push back against the woke and the cult and the establishment. And thanks to you, we're able to do it. So again, TimCast.com. Don't forget to smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, take that URL, copy, paste, put it everywhere. That's our marketing budget right there, you guys. We really appreciate it. Now let's get into this first story. Alex Jones sat with the January 6th panel and repeatedly pleaded the fifth. Then he revealed what they asked him on his broadcast. So this is Politico's Congress minutes, and they actually break down a bit of what Alex Jones has said. They say, here's the rundown from Jones, who called the committee's questions overall pretty reasonable. Some of these things are very interesting. Jones said that January 6th committee seemed to have a lot of detailed information about him, Mm. that they displayed images of text messages he had with Wren and Cindy Chaffian, who organized a pro-Trump rally on January 5th. Both Wren and Chaffian had been subpoenaed by the committee last fall. Jones said he started to have doubts about leading a march to the Capitol when he saw the unwieldy crowd that had formed at Trump's ellipse speech. Quote, you know, maybe we just won't do it, he said. He said he thought to himself, He said he continued, however, when Secret Service agents came and opened up the gate after he arrived at the Capitol and witnessed some of the ongoing mayhem. Jones was seen on video repeatedly attempting to steer the crowd away from police lines. No, 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 Politico. You need to be more direct and more honest than that. Alex Jones is on video telling people to avoid the Capitol and not to go in because it's a trick and it's a trap. And so they want you to do. Jones was actively bullhorning to de-escalate and get people away from the Capitol. That would be very important to include, but they did not. Jones said the committee asked about his contacts with Proud Boys. He said that he aided a Hooters in Atlanta with some members. He said he didn't use Proud Boys or Oath Keepers as security. He used a prominent company. He said that January 6th, he relied on a prominent Austin-based security firm. He said the committee suggested they routinely monitor his show. He denied being aware of a January, uh, uh, I'm sorry, of a December 31st broadcast in which his substitute host, Matthew Bracken, specifically suggested storming the Capitol. Wow, that's crazy. Mm. Jones also acknowledged that his co-host, Owen Schroyer, who has been charged for egging on the crowd in the restricted area of the Capitol, was facing prosecution. Jones said the charges were for a bunch of stuff he didn't do. And he falsely said Schroyer is facing years in prison. I think it's fair to say incorrectly, falsely kind of implies he was intentionally wrong. The misdemeanor charge against Schroyer carry a maximum six-month sentence. So I'll tell you right away, the crazy thing about this is that they've got his texts. Mm-hmm. That That's creepy. But obvious, right? Mm-hmm. The government's got your private information. They know what you do on your phone in your private time. And uh, if you're not using a VPN and you're not using a, a signal for encrypted stuff, just, you know, Adam Schiff, he knows everything. You know, it's funny. Yeah. I'm sorry, real quick. Just Mark Zuckerberg knows when you poop. Yep. I'm willing to bet for a lot of you guys out there. Adam Schiff knows when you poop, too. Oh, gosh. And he's going to tell Nicole Wallace about it, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, he's he going to go on MSNBC. He'll link to his uh, leak to his friends at The Washington Post, and The New York Times. 
you know, there's there's no end for Adam Schiff here. He's going to hold up an envelope and be like, I have documents oh about gosh. what time Alex Jones was pooping. <laughs> I think one of the things that bothers me here is, um, okay, you hear this, like, they can spy on you, they can read your text messages, they have total oversight control. I hear that a lot. It's not until it becomes personal and it actually happens to you that it's like, whoa, sound the alarm. This isn't right. Yeah, you have this happen with crime in major cities right now. You have CNN questioning whether that actually is happening. Brian Stelter did a segment on a show on Sunday. It's very similar in that they'll mock, the media will mock anything and everything that's happening to everyone else in the country because it's not happening to them. Right. They feel safe in their homes. They feel like their privacy is being protected until something happens to them. And then it then it's all bets off. And you would think they would change their minds, but in many cases, it doesn't. Do you see that uh, story from Sanjay Gupta? where he wrote about going on Joe Rogan's podcast and he yeah. said that he was scared that Joe was going to jump the table and throttle his neck. Right. He goes in with these incredibly unreasonable expectations. It's probably because <laughs> it's what Jeff Zucker and Jake Tapper and Brian Stelter told him is going to happen. They painted this caricature. And this goes to the larger point of anybody who doesn't, you know, toe the line as part of that corporate um, machine. They think you're this crazy person and they view us like zoo animals almost that we can just they can tap on the glass almost our, our friend Seamus over at Freedom Tunes oh gosh. made a one of the funniest videos he's ever done is about the Joe Rogan Sanjay Gupta thing and he just plays some audio of Joe Rogan talking and he's like don't you think it's dangerous <laughs> when a media company lies and then it just so shows Sanjay Gupta going <laughs> like crying. But then, but then it, then he's, then it shows, you know, Joe again and he goes, don't, then he, then he specifically mentions CNN, this massive media company. And then it shows this fake like CNN with two anchors screaming and crying like, <laughs> and it's like, and it says in the Chiron, Joe Rogan attacks media. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. what, that's literally what it is. Right. And, and this is the problem that we've had for the last however many years, which is people would say at a Trump rally, you suck. And guess what? It's treated like a death threat. You know, the First Amendment, they believe, only applies to them, not the yeah. rest the rest of us, because it's too dangerous for anyone else to have speech. This is the crazy thing about Alex Jones. Mm-hmm. I- I'm going to say that one of the most. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. I'm, I'm going to trigger the establishment press. Oh, boy. I'm mm. going to trigger all of the left with the following four words. Oh, boy. Alex Jones. I'm sorry. Is it technically five because of the A? Alex Jones is a journalist. <gasps> Oh no! Oh, their heads are rolling. You're attacking on the ground. them. I remember a few years ago, I said that Infowars was kind of like a right-wing Huffington Post, but it was a, it was in a specific context where I was saying that in the election cycle, you know, with Donald Trump, 
Infowars was trying very much to be more mainstream and to speak to the MAGA crowd. And that as the Huffington Post does that for, you know, liberals, Alex Jones was very much trying to do that with Infowars.com. So whether you agree with Alex Jones, his political positions, his opinions, mm-hmm. whether you believe him to be telling the truth or not is not relevant to the fact that he isn't, he isn't, he isn't, he is a dude who collects and disseminates information. I gotta be honest. I think sometimes he says really crazy things. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I think, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I mean, often. Yeah. Often. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But the, the reason I say he's a journalist is because he's afforded the same protections as any other member of the press. And while my opinion of him may be like, he, he's a pundit, he's a personality, on paper, legally, there should be no distinction between him, Don Lemon, or uh, James Rosen. These are people who are speaking in the public about public policy and politics. The problem is these people at CNN and these other, uh, other outlets, they, they, they basically gloat and laugh and mock Alex while he's getting his private text messages taken by the, I mean, this, is, this, this should be a Fourth Amendment violation. Mm. Right, exactly. And I think, you know, they've done, they've been obsessing about this all afternoon since it came out that he testified before the committee. Five MSNBC shows and four CNN shows have spent time talking about this versus really anything else that's going on in the world of really gloating about how many times he took the fifth. And it just shows what a crock also that this entire committee is. You can remove Alex Jones and replace him with really anyone that's going before this committee. And you don't, and as you point out, you don't even have to like Alex Jones. A lot, he says a lot of crazy things and uh, it's pretty horrible. Some of the things that he said, in my opinion, but it just, sh- this story in particular just shows what a crock this entire thing is and how it's really something for the benefit of CNN and MSNBC's green room. Oh, definitely. You know, since Trump left, the ratings are in the gutter. And I think any honest, any, and look, I'll say this of Brian Stelter. He deserves and, and, and should be afforded his right to speak. And mm-hmm. if CNN wants to spend money to have this guy on the air right. to espouse his message, you're allowed to do it. There are a lot of people that I think are very, very evil. They put out fake news. They lie. They cheat. They manipulate. And I'm sure a lot of people feel that way about Alex Jones. Now, for all the crazy things Alex, Alex has said, it's kind of scary when he gets things right and they're really weird things he gets yeah. right. Like when he told me about how we eat cloned beef. And I'm like, Alex, they're That's not cloning crazy. cows. And he was like, Tim, look it up. And then I Googled it. And right there on the show, I'm like, he's right. Huh. We're eating cloned beef. Oh. So it's like he knows his weird stuff that nobody believes. And so my issue, my, my thing is, it's just, you know, I try to look at this as neutrally as possible. Mm-hmm. The government has the private text messages of a media personality. They didn't, they didn't file a subpoena against him to get it. They went straight to the phone companies and said, can we have it? And the phone companies just went, yup. So this yep. is deeply troubling to me because I think that at an underlying level, it's because they are so smug about it because they assume that it will never, ever happen to them. I know that they're wrong. I know that the tables can turn, but they don't think it ever will. And I'm not convinced that with the turning of the political tide, it won't be them on the table. They don't want to set this precedent, but they're just gloating in it right now because they're so incredibly short-sighted. They cannot think past stage one. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And the entire January 6th committee is, their, and again, is their golden calf. They are obsessed with right. it. For the anniversary, CNN and MSNBC spent over 1,600 minutes in one day talking about the first anniversary of January 6th. <laughs> first anniversary. <laughs> you know, they did a candlelight vigil. Right. And, and they had, a, they had, you know, a chorus on the steps of the Capitol that sang songs. Uh, they had this prayer service and, 
all this stuff. I mean, it, so anything January 6th, they're going to drop. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world right now. You know, weeks, months down the road, you know, we could be in wars on two different fronts. And if something happens with January 6th, they're going to be like, I, hey, oh, hold on, we got something. I think they're realizing, though. I, I mean, I think the Democratic establishment is is stuck and there's nothing they can do because they've, they've just mm. they've they've made it their their whole, Correct. you know, like the whole party message. But when you see like Barry Weiss on Bill Maher and they're all of a sudden just saying like right wing tribal talking points, I'm just like, ah, here it is. Here we go. They're jumping off the ship. They know it's sinking. They're, they're realizing what's going on. I do want to point out that was really funny just a second ago when we were, when I mentioned the, the candlelight vigil and then Kurt starts talking. <laughs> Ian's face just went like, he had this strange look. It was look so like, Hunger Games, dude. <laughs> <laughs> what are they? Did they what? have big wigs on and a bunch of makeup? They were too? all wearing like black At and holding Capitol. candles. Yeah. Ian's face was like. <gasps> and, sat, and then at CNN set up uh, this like statue in statuary hall. They set up this like, you know, raised stage in the middle. Uh, for their like two hour primetime event with Jake Tapper and Anderson Cooper to speak in hushed tones. Of course, yes. I mean, <laughs> it's so like the, the we're such, just checking the boxes here. If I yeah. was playing a game of like civilization and I was the leader of this country, it, that would be like use propaganda. If you chose to do that, you'd pick like some little thing and make a big production Deploy out of it over and over yeah. again, and you're just trying to manipulate and hope they don't figure out that you're trying to manipulate them. We got we got social media these days. You know, uh, if this was 30 years ago, Alex Jones is not a guy they'd want to put on TV. They wouldn't want to give him a chance to actually defend himself or speak up. They, you know, the, the, and they don't. I mean, these mainstream media companies, they don't want him on. They, they want to be able to, to control the narrative. They want to keep all these Democrats wrapped up in their bubble in this cult, believing whatever it is they say. And they live in this crazy world where they think Alex Jones is this evil boogeyman or people like James O'Keefe. The first time I met Alex Jones, uh, we, we came on the show. He told me, he's like, he's, he saw one of my videos where, like Alex went to the grocery store and people were screaming at him. And then I was just like, that's so insane, dude, to like see this guy buying milk and just start screaming at him. Yeah. And Alex is probably like, I'm just buying milk. You know? and, <laughs> right. and, but Alex was like, that's exactly what it is. Like, I don't even know who you are. Like, leave me alone. I'm just buying milk, man. And, and you see how much that's grown with people being harassed in public places, you know, and not just Alex Jones yeah, now. Yeah, you see that video we, we talked about the other day where these this, this black dude gets in an elevator oh and these two white liberal women go in and they're screaming at him to get out because he's not wearing a mask and they're filming each other. Like then the women hit the black dude and then he's like, you hit me. And then she goes, black lives matter. Right. Black lives matter. Right. Like, what, What's dude, happening? we're losing our minds, man. Right. That's why, yes, libs of TikTok might be one of my favorite that, that, accounts on all of social media. Mm-hmm. It is endless laughs. Yeah, so while you're, you know, at Newsbusters and you're tracking the mainstream corporate press, you got libs of TikTok on Twitter tracking TikTok, <laughs> posting all of that <laughs> absolute insanity. I got to say, though, if you're not familiar with libs of TikTok, definitely follow them on Twitter because, well, it is confirmation bias. It is politically affirming. <laughs> but I also want to warn, it is severely depressing. It may entertain you for a while, but after Scary. like the 50th video of this stuff, you're just like, I think the world is ending. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. You can always skip. Remember that when you're watching. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet meteor of death. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. seriously, man. <laughs> let's talk about this Resmussen thing. Check oh, this out. Yeah. So we have this poll from Resmussen reports. Do you agree or disagree with this statement? The media are truly the enemy of the people. Mm. Agree. White people, 56%. Black people, 63%. Other non-white, 60%. Here, here, this is good. Look at this. Democrats, 37%. I got to be honest. 37% of Democrats saying the media is the enemy of the people. 
That's not bad. I thought it would be less than that. That's more than Unaffiliated, 61%. That's nice. that, those are the voters the GOP needs. Mm-hmm. The GOP is 76%, but here's the biggest one. Among all voters, 58% of people think the media are the enemy of the people. Now, I think insofar as it pertains to the Democratic voter, it probably includes people, you know, us and mm-hmm. Fox News and other channels to a certain degree. But let's be real. When people talk about the media, only ever when they were they're, they're only ever referring to us if they're specifically addressing podcasts and independent channels and things like that. So I got to say, man, you know, Curtis, you're somebody who who watches news all day, every day. I think most people who watch this show get it. But I'm curious your thoughts on why it is that the majority of voters in this country, at least according to this poll, think the media tr- are truly the enemy of the people. Right. And. <laughs> The, the overarching point on this is it's all self-inflicted, mm. it, entirely self-inflicted. I don't I, and that's the biggest problem that I think a lot of these corporate media folks and organizations don't understand, and they refuse to acknowledge. And if they do, they're continuing to lie, which is they think that somehow we are responsible, independent media, nonprofits, conservatives, you know, just people that aren't part of their borg for lack of a better term. Borg. Yeah, I'm part of the Borg, for lack of a better term. But And they've made so many mistakes over the years, and they're constantly saying that if they make a mistake, we always correct it. No, no, you didn't. I mean, how do you make up for thousands of minutes, which we cataloged on ABC, CBS, and NBC, looking at the Russia investigation? Remember when Cuomo pretended to be in quarantine? Yeah, Cuomo pretending to be in quarantine. I mean, you can look at big examples, you can look at small examples, and uh, you go back to the bigger, more prominent ones of Dan Rather in mm. 2004, yep. making up things about George W. Bush's National Guard service. You can look at Jason Blair making up stories about you know the DC sniper case. And that, and that doesn't even have to do with like a pol- regular political story. It's just journalism gone wrong. People making things up. Uh, Fried Zakaria, he's a CNN host. He's been caught multiple times plagiarizing. Wow, really? It, it, it doesn't matter. Brian Williams, obviously. Oh, yeah. It, is another example. So again, this goes to this point of a refusal to acknowledge that the reason people think you are the enemy of the people is because of your own behavior. And, and then the other last point is just a complete detachment from what you're covering and how it's not what the people are looking for. Man. So this things together. And it, and I think in, in this, all the points that I've just made goes to the fact of whether you agree with the term or not. I think no matter what you think, you should be, you should be able to accept the fact that people feel this way. Um, and that the reasons for it are totally valid. I, I've, I've long thought, you know, how much easier would life be if I just made a Minecraft channel? <laughs> no, I'm, I, and, and I'm, and I'm only somewhat joking because I tell people, look, success comes from hard work and drive, passion. And there's a combination of other things, you know, your abilities. There, you need some natural talent, but for the most part, I think hard work can bring perseverance, bring success. And I'm just like, if I allocated 16 hours a day into Minecraft videos or whatever video game, you know, we, we probably doing way better. But upon hearing this, I'm just like, man, if, if we on this show really were what the media try to smear us as grifters, just pandering to an audience, we could be making so much money if we went full MAGA or full anti-Trump. If we just played the dirty games and made up fake news like CNN does, we'd have all of the so best <laughs> thumbnails. I mean, to be honest, we have the cast castle vlog, right? Hmm. And this is meant 
to be more comedic. It's meant to be silly. It's not news. It's it's semi-fictional. We had a bit where the last time Luke left the uh, the, the the castle, he like the house blows up, he, like you know, just as a gag. They're 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 gags, but it's funny because when the videos are fictional, when they're when they're specifically jokes. People like clicking the more. People like being entertained. So when, you know, we're producing a show that's not news, you can just easily see. You can just, you can just make up jokes that people will click. When it comes to news, and we're trying to be as honest and frame things the, uh, to the best of our abilities, it's hard to attract people with, with straightforward, just like, here's what happened. That's what I think CNN and his other media outlets figured out a long, long time ago. Everybody knows it. So they, they, these people who listen to CNN, who believe in these Democrat voters, and are told by the likes of Brian Stelter that, you know, Fox News is the evil propaganda and Jake Tapper saying, don't read the WikiLeaks emails. You're not allowed. These are people who are the, anybody who tells you not to re- read the news or watch other channels is trying to rip you off to make money off your ratings. And, and that's what Brian Stelter did. And I think we should be and I should be clear, too, that Newsbusters, a lot of us on staff look at all kinds of media sources, not just for a living, but we want to know what everyone is doing. We'll watch your show. We will watch the corporate media. We will read the physical newspapers and print publications because we're old boomers. <laughs> like they're <laughs> literally, they're literally or at heart, you know. But uh, in just the other week, you had the president of NBC saying that we're ferociously defending the idea that it's possible to be objective and nonpartisan. Our mission is to illuminate and not advocate. What a joke that is. Yeah, and, and and that's the kind of high-mindedness and just arrogance. And I think that's the one of the biggest thing, another one of the biggest things that people have problems with. They have such arrogance. Uh, you look at the Jake Tappers of the world, Brian Stelters, uh, Joy Reid, Nicole Wallace, Rachel Maddow. They have such, um, you know, high. They think so Hubris. highly of themselves. They love smelling their own farts. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that we're we're rapidly approaching, if not already there, in that territory. With these people, it, it's uh, it's pretty insidious, and yet somehow they continue to live in their bubbles, and and yet they continue to be surprised when things happen and people vote, you know, for people other than their candidates. It's really weird that they're in this bubble, and they've they've isolated themselves, and they're rejecting people from it. It's like. It, it, it kind of feels like they're trying to get that last little drop of olive oil from the olive. You know, everybody's always like, you got to get the extra, extra virgin olive oil. Cause that's when they take the olive. It's fresh and the oil comes right out. And then like the regular stuff you get for the bargain bin price is when it's a dried withered husk and they're just squeezing whatever they can. That's what the media is. And the audience is that dried withered husk. But there are people who still believe it. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You'd think after seven years of Russia, 
Russia. Ah. Ian, Russia. I was thinking people per- would be like, that's just, it was never true. Wake, wake. If Stelter came out and was like, ladies and gentlemen, the sky over Ireland is red. It would, you'd have hundreds of thousands of people believe it just because Stelter said it. Well, and then be, the next to, day to, they'd to, come out and they'd be like, correction, the sky was not red, but no one, they wouldn't see it. And people yeah, would they, go on believing that the sky would, was red over Ireland. They, they wouldn't correct it. Yet, Some people <laughs> might go like, like the, or whoever, like, um, the, you know, the independent or like, I don't know, random article like uh, the Hill will come out and be like, uh, correction, it didn't was not actually read. Stelter was lying, but though they wouldn't see that stuff, they only watch Stelter. And, and yet, right. what's interesting is that's what they project about people who don't follow them, like the con- conservatives, libertarians. Uh, that's what they say. Chris Matthews, memorably, I recall when I would watch his show before I had to watch Joy Reid's show. Um, <laughs> they replaced them. Um, he had this thing that said Trump's voters are the kind of people who, if he told them, yes, the sky isn't blue, people would believe them. Mm. You know, if they're looking up movies to watch, you know, to go see, and they say Trump tells them the movie's at 6 and it's actually at 7, the people would show up at 6. You know, I mean, it's a classic example of projection when that's actually how CNN viewers view themselves, that somehow they're still watching CNN and the rest of us have totally moved on. Uh, and they're just sh- the good news is they're continuing to shrink. Um, but yet that small segment that's still left continues to view us as dangerous people. Like to your point about Joe Rogan and Sanjay Gupta, he went in thinking he was about to get attacked. And I, I was talk- perfectly fine. I talked to Joe about that when I went on a show and he was just like, ah, he was just trying to be funny. And I was like, oh, is man, he? Joe, you're such a nice guy. Yeah, I'm like, is he, dude? Is, is, isn't it kind of, uh, I'll say this, you know, like Joe's trying to be a nice guy. Joe's, I think, you know, Joe genuinely wants people to kind of calm down and, 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 and work things through. But I'm like, isn't it kind of dangerous when a media organization publishes a piece in which they entertain the possibility that Joe would jump the table and throttle someone's neck, even if it's supposed to be a joke? Like, Sanjay Gupta is not a comedian. You know, so I have no problem with him being funny and trying to make jokes. I have no problem with, you know, people get mad at me all the time because, like, I post nonsense on Twitter. And then when they're like, people actually believe you when you say this stuff, you know, and I'll be like, well, that's their problem. Like, right. If you were a comedian, I'd understand. And I'm like, I don't care, dude. People can follow me. So Sanjay Gupta making a joke, I totally get. But the idea that the joke exists signals that there are people who genuinely fear this, you know, fear Joe and think him as, as some kind of bad person. Who would do something like that? You know what I mean? Yeah, and I would actually say something. It's arguably far more insidious that I can. I think I can say definitively, based on the people I know within the industry, that there are good people at these networks that they know what they're doing is wrong mm-hmm. and that it's a bit. You, you know, know? Bill Bill Maher. Yeah, and that Barry Weiss thing. They know. Come on, they've known the whole time. They're criticizing the, the lockdowns and everything now, but there's no way Bill Maher and Barry Weiss didn't know what was going on. You know what I mean? Yeah, that it, it, the, the apocalyptic images even, that even if that that should have done it for them from the very beginning. But What images? We're just like the empty stores, you know, empty streets, you know, just the idea of that, you know, that people just life came to a stop. But, but so, so, you know, these are, these are public figures, but imagine the staff at, you know, at real time with Bill Maher, imagine the staff at CNN, like you were saying, Mm -hmm. like these are, these are people, they know what's going on the whole time. They don't speak out. They don't speak up. Yeah. And, and they know that people who disagree with them are capable of being good people, that people who are ideologically opposed to them 
are their family members, their neighbors, their spouses in mm-hmm. some cases, people that they go to church with, people that they went to high school or college with. And that's what really gets me fired up that these people go on television and they paint such a picture that they almost want to gaslight these people into thinking that, you know, your friend, your neighbor next door who doesn't vote straight D is some domestic terrorist. And I, it's so wrong. And yet Joy Reid and all the rest continue to pile on and no one says anything. You don't see CNN speaking up whenever something happens on MSNBC. You don't oh, really yeah, hear, you don't really hear that. It's just the gentleman's agreement between all of them that they're not going to criticize each other. Yeah, it's funny too, but you know, their, their key demo ratings are below a hundred K. So, right. so, you know, the relevance is. I have an, a, yeah, an interesting point to that, that Brianna Keeler, uh, had her role. They're rotating different people to replace Fredo Cuomo hmm. at, at CNN. Her show last week through the, the first three days, I looked at Nielsen's numbers. She lost to shows like my 600 pound life <laughs> people puzzler on game show network westerns such as gunsmoke cheyenne um and you know are these like particularly bad shows andy or something well, well no i mean like, on the westerns, andy man. griffith show yeah you know really it spans the spectrum really uh, property brothers uh the chip and joanna Gaines channel uh, oh, magnolia network yeah a number I, of shows I, on there they, they got you, you were saying before they got jim acosta on CNN right now? Is that what it is? Yeah, now it's Jim Acosta. <laughs> and with Brianna Keeler, they renamed the 9 p.m. hour Democracy in Peril. Democracy in Peril? Really? Like, no. What are you talking about? Like, there's so many other things going on in the world, and yet you're catering to the small audience that, you know, whatever John Avalon, who does this reality check segment, or Mark Elias wants. Right. Saying this is such important work that every American you, needs to turn it, tune in. You think, you think Acosta is going to do well in the ratings? Uh well the first day no the first day's numbers are in and he was the second least watched show Oof. in all of CNN Oof. New Day which I was air six to nine a.m. Eastern was the only show that Acosta beat Wow in the day in the second least of all CNN, CNN shows of all CNN Ooh. shows Wow Yikes. that makes me feel pretty good honestly I was I was worried <laughs> yeah. I'm like he might actually pull in the views because he's a, he's he's like because he might get hate watch you know hate watch mm-hmm. and you know yeah I mean Greg Kelly with Newsmax was two thirds of the way to Jim Acosta's viewership Oh man with Newsmax wow. from Newsmax the, and the, Newsmax didn't they get pulled from like a bunch of providers Yeah yeah, yeah the LA Times was report has reported that that they weren't able to with so, I believe three different cable providers and he still pulled in <laughs> over. <laughs> over over 350,000 viewers last night whereas Acosta had 500,000. Yeah, but that was mostly old people, wasn't it? Well, I mean, once you separate it out, I mean, that's true for a lot of them once you split out oh, the yeah, 25 yeah. to 54 demographic. He's going to have like 70,000 in the key demo. Exactly. And that, and that's and that's, the, that's that's what is that 25 to 54? Yeah, 25 to 54. That means most of these people watching are in their late, in their late fifties. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. gonna be they're gonna be aging out, or yeah. sixty or seventy, really. Many of them will retire. You know, they'll still vote for the next fifteen, twenty years or whatever. Um, well, I, I guess by life expectancy, we're talking about fifteen to seventeen years. Yeah, like seventy-two. And, and we're at a point now where last year New Day and Brian Stelter were losing shows like Peppa the Pig. You know. Paw whoa, Patrol. Whoa. I mean, but come on, Paw Patrol's legit. <laughs> Paw Patrol <laughs> is firefighter dog. Yeah, you can actually <laughs> learn. Th- you actually learn things on that show. <laughs> you actually learn things. Moonshiners on Discovery Channel. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's that's fun. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. I looked that, on, 
Oh, this says that CNN wants Jim Acosta as the host of Democracy in Peril. Is that right? Or were you there, saying Brianna Keeler? The, well, she had last week, and Jim Acosta's on this week. Oh, so, like, no. uh, Democracy yeah. in Peril. Dude, that's oh, real, real bad propaganda to, to put out <laughs> to a country that might be struggling right now. And then, and of course, yeah, and they put, uh, I believe the way the color scheme works is blue. They put the Democrats in democracy, then in is white, and then Red is peril. To be fair, Gosh. Ian. To be fair, Ian. We're just we're, nobody's watching it. Red, so. white, and blue, baby. Let's sell some tickets. It's a bunch. You know, it's a bunch of older people who are. I, I love that meme. The left is like Fox News just scares the elderly, and I'm like, maybe 20 or 30 years ago. I don't know. It's like that's all CNN does right now. If you watch Tucker. What did you learn in the past week that M&Ms aren't sexy anymore? Bravo, sure Tucker. Did, that yeah. was a ridiculous segment. I think it was very dumb. <laughs> but it's not scaring old people. And Tucker's got massive youth uh, key demo viewership. So Tucker talks about a wide range of things. Yeah, he challenges the establishment. Uh, I, I, my, my personal opinion is I think when it comes to cable TV, Tucker's the best. Not that I think he's perfect and I don't think anybody is. No. But I'm not a fan of like, – I'm, I'm, you know, I put it this way. Across the board with all of the cable TV stuff – Tucker is the only one who gets like a C plus for me and everyone else like a D minus or an F. He had uh, Jimmy Dore on last That's week awesome. and, and let Jimmy just explode in a rage of fire. It was amazing. And, <laughs> and then at the end, he was like, Jimmy Dore, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, it's, it's like, great. Jimmy doing what Jimmy does. And that's why I – in the people that are calling for censorship when you guys have my colleague Dan Gaynor on, mm-hmm. um, and why I always say things like internet and the internet and social media are a net positive is because it allows this proliferation of – of all these different alternative forms of media. Whereas before you had three networks that had newscasts in the morning and in the evening and they weren't even, they went off air overnight. They didn't even have things in prime time. You know, they really didn't have capabilities to break in when there would be big stories at night or the middle of the afternoon. Uh, they really didn't have the same amount of resources. Whereas now you have all these different options for all these niche kinds of pop, you know, topics. Um, and, you know, advocating for all these different positions. And why would you want to get rid of that? Yeah. You're upset because you're losing control. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're somebody like Jeff Zucker, you know, uh, you're not able to control America from your little green room. You know, radio is still really popular, you know, because yeah. pe- uh, people drive their cars, people listen to the radio and, you know, you've got satellite radio and people don't understand it actually is fairly popular. Uh, you buy new cars these days. A lot of them come with satellite radio. So a lot of these older formats still exist in some form, and they still have some kind of pull. So we can sit here and we can laugh about CNN's ratings being in the gutter. But I, I got to be honest, they, YouTube props them up. YouTube puts them on the front page. So yep. we, we, we can be critical of them and say their medium is dying, but they will be put on life support because that brand has has some kind of value. You know, when CNN launched, what, like the mid-80s? Mm-hmm. Initially, it was just like, what is this fly-by-night, you know, stupid cable trash? <laughs> but nowadays, yeah. you've got, you know, I, I was born in 86, so I grew up with CNN always being there. And mm-hmm. that, that that matters. It's legacy now to, to the younger generations. No matter what happens to their ratings, someone's going to want that. And they'll try and put it wherever they can. But I do think CNN, like many companies, will eventually just... You know, AOL used to be the big game in media, or I'm sorry, in internet. Now it's gone. Facebook could potentially, you know, go that route. We don't know. A lot of companies that have been around since the early 1900s changed their name and they continue to exist. CNN's owned by AT&T. So we may as well just call CNN AT&T from now on. Well, and they're about to be spun off to Discovery. Mm. Oh, jeez. And and, and that's... As in CNN's getting sold to Discovery? 
Yes, AT&T is trying to – they're offloading CNN. Oh, yeah. I remember. And they've been trying to offload DirecTV, look to offload them as well. So uh, – and that's what's really interesting that I'm really – some people are holding out hope for in 2022 when Discovery more or less takes over if they're going to clean house. One of their lead investors – I think even somebody on their board was on CNBC uh, a couple months ago and suggested that we need to get CNN back to the CNN that – People were called that they had fond memories of growing up, you know, I guess. So primarily like Gulf War age people that were watching CNN, the early 90s with the 80s, a little bit after it launched, once people realized what it actually is. um, But at that point, you got a really clean house if you want to do that. The challenge is that straight news, dime a dozen. We've got so many people on the ground with cell phones filming and, and broadcasting that when it comes to straight reporting, it's it's fairly easy to get. Now, there there are some things that we've seen at TimCast.com there's a, there's, there's, that are underserved, certain areas. Mm-hmm. So uh, um, March coverage, protests, and political action stuff often is, is f- extremely underreported. So you might get a reporter from a local news outlet will show up, film a few segments, and then put like a 30-second package together. It doesn't really give you the, the, the you know— the actual view of what's going on. And that's something I, you know, got started doing. So we, we try to do that. We try to say, let's get someone on there. Let's do like a 20 to 30 minute actually talking to people and figure out if we can get a broad view of things. But for the most part, it's very, very difficult to monetize. Mm-hmm. It's very, very difficult to provide a service in an area where it's just saturated with citizen journalism. So you can see it. CNN tries to do documentary. They try to be like Vice. They get Reza Aslan. You, you know, he ate human brain. Yeah. You're, you're aware of that, right? Yes. And that was... Uh, desperation. That was desperation. And spoiler alert, it didn't work out for him. That CNN, one of the few times they've actually gotten rid of someone, that was no. that was when that... CNN ran a show where a human ate another human's yeah. brain. And then that was... That a was, small piece. That was too far for them. That, that, we finally found out where's the line for CNN. Yeah. Seriously, that's crazy. They were like, you know, I can only imagine the executives are like, hmm, human, eating human brain didn't work for us. Maybe we can accuse the president of being a Russian spy for, yeah, f- for five yeah. years, yeah. seven years. <laughs> yeah. Kind of works. And just yeah, roll problem. with it. Just make yep. that. Yeah, problem one, solved. Yeah. That one's, uh, uh, technically it's based in the realm of possibility. Like, you know, sure. The Russians exist and true, yes. Trump know, exists. Yeah. And yeah. Trump exists. Therefore, and he called somebody possible. once. Yeah. yeah. In and Russia. They, <laughs> they can just make up everything and roll with it and never correct. And just mad libs at this point, it's you know. Great, yeah. uh, mad libs you love. Yeah. yeah and like I th- that. and I think that's why people really dislike CNN in particular and the broadcast networks versus say MSNBC or even Fox News because CNN passes itself off as you know, based on nostalgia. They're they're hoping people continue to support them based on nostalgia and basic news of the who, what, where, when, why, and how. Um, proper context and perspective. That's what they're hoping people, you know, fall for. But you very quickly see, even just on their chirons alone, so you don't even have to have the sound on to know that it's a total joke. And so... I would say I'm more likely to be able to stomach MSNBC than I am CNN just because you know what they're getting. They're not trying to hide what they are. And, you know, you just go from there. Let's let's talk about this Joe Rogan, Neil Young thing. I, I, I feel yeah, bad. Please. Joe, I'm sorry that they constantly drag your name in this stuff. But let's be real. I mean, Joe runs the biggest show when it comes to politics and culture, probably in the world. It's the biggest podcast in the world. But in this space, he dominates and thus... He's always going to be, he's on top of the mountain. He's going to be the target of this stuff. And as we enter 2022, 
the midterm elections. It's, it's critical for the establishment to push back on people like Joe. So we have this ridiculous story where Neil Young, who is an aging rocker who is not relevant, he's 76, has, he, he sent a letter to his manager saying that either Spotify removes Joe Rogan or removes all of his music. Apparently he deleted the letter and quickly backed down because Spotify was oh. like, let me see here. Four of your songs have broken a hundred million uh, listens. And the fifth one is at 73. It's keep on rocking in the free world. Good song, by the way. Hey, I respect Neil Young for his music. Uh, uh, but Joe Rogan gets 11 million every Monday, mm. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So four times a week. Yeah. In a month, he's going to be in a month, in two months, in three months. He's just massively outperforming what Neil Young could ever produce. But this is the crazy thing that 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 it's absolutely insane to me that you have these. The way I described it earlier, Neil Young's a protest guy. He's supposed to he's supposed to oppose the establishment, and here he is being like, "We got to protect CNN. We got to protect the mainstream media." It's, it's remarkable to me. You know what it says to me is that a lot of these people. You know, I mentioned Barry Weiss and Bill Maher, and I, I'm, I, I keep doing it, and it's probably should move on, but these people know full well how bad the system was. They know people are suffering, but they don't care because it's their market. They're not mm-hmm. willing to challenge the establishment until, you know, the polls shift in favor of, uh, I'm sorry, the polls shift against Joe Biden. Rasmussen comes out and says the average voter thinks the media's an, the enemy of the people, and all of a sudden they're like, oh, actually, I've, I've always agreed, and I've always sided with the independent voices. I don't think schools should have been shut down at all. No. Yeah. You, you see what Bill Maher said when he was like, Fauci, you can't just tell us what to do in your lab coat. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, wait, uh, Bill, that was a, that was in November of 2020. Fauci yeah. said that. Mm-hmm. So the, they know full well, but I have this, I have this article here from CNN on purpose. I love CNN. You guys know that it's Neil Young's free world, not Joe Rogan's remarkable. It's opinion by Jill. What is it? Filipovich? Yeah. Yep. Filipovich. So she, uh, Phil, uh, what is this? Jill Filipovich is a journalist oh. Oh. based in New York, the author of OK Boomer, Let's Talk, How My Generation Got Left Behind. Is she a boomer? She basically writes about this. And it's funny because it's not Neil Young's world. He backed down. He lost. Joe Rogan's winning. You can't stop it. It's, it's, this is, this is where we're at. So Neil re- retracted his, uh, request? he deleted the letter and his music is all still there. Oh. I think he realized that he has no leverage. I think I'm willing to bet he thought you know, I'm famous. I got big music. I'll come out and I'll demand they ban Joe Rogan for misinformation. And then they will. And Spotify was like, shut up, old man. Right. Like he didn't look at this ahead of time. Like someone told him, there's this guy we got to get rid of. You got to come out and threaten to take your music somewhere else. You got to choose, you know, and it didn't work out at all for them. It flamed out. And even just from the numbers perspective that you were talking about, that's stunning. Those numbers... I mean, there is no argument. There's no debate about that. Speaking of facts in truth, that is a fact. I bet he thought that a bunch of other musicians were going to step up with him. And right. like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm signing that yep. down. That right. Hundreds of thousands of millions of views. Let's take it off kind of thing. Right. Yeah. He thought that he could somehow join forces with Spotify employees that are triggered by alternative opinions from, from Joe Rogan. I'll, I'll be honest. I'm willing to bet. Joe hasn't even thought twice about any of this. Oh, no. 
But I like to believe that he's sitting there with his fingers crossed being like, please, Spotify, break my $100 million contract oh, yeah. so oh. that I can get paid out instantly and yes. then host my show wherever I want. Well, and I should point out about Jill. In the past, she said uh, during one of the presidential cycles that white men should not be allowed to run for office again, uh, among other things. Yes. And Jill it, should not it, be allowed to write for CNN again. Right. Mm, yeah, and, really. the, <laughs> and she's also recently talked about how a lot of these SCOTUS cases, the current Supreme Court is terrifying to her um so yeah i mean step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumpacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Is she is traumatized? She, is she traumatized? <laughs> Does she need? Yeah. You saw when like Brian Stelter was talking about that. She the needs jur- a journalists who got traumatized from January six. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's crazy to me that you know uh, the the way people feel. Uh, the I, you know what the mainstream media is threatened by Joe. He's 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 taken over. He's dominating the space. Long form podcasts like his, like ours, are growing and growing and growing because they're more authentic. We we have politicians on this show. It's very difficult for them to lie or weasel their way out of things. <laughs> so like so you know. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna have some politicians in the show, yes, we are. and I, I commend them for being brave enough to come on because I think you know we had uh, who was it Carrie Lake, yeah, and Ian asked her about owning rocket launchers, yeah, and like, DMT, wow. and like just <laughs> like conversations. And you know what I can't stand? I can't stand when you're like watching Obama and, he, and they were doing this thing with him where he answered questions on on Reddit or something, and it's like very clearly they go and they pick 10 very clean and very basic questions to answer. No, no, no. I want to, I want Carrie to answer the question about owning a rocket launcher. Yeah. And, and, and psychedelics, DMT. man. It's yeah. the psychedelic thing is super important for our leaders to be talking about right now. You can't like, you can look away from that as long as you want, but it's a huge part of humanity and it needs to be addressed politically. Authenticity. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And, and, and this goes to the other point that I see a lot with journalists. And we saw this a lot with Biden's press conference last week. Journalists ask these such uh, i don't know unimaginative Hmm. questions it's so pedantic after like five seconds and a lot of it is questions that everyone knows the answer to biden has already stated his opinion about x jen saki has already stated her opinion about this but you know they want their soundbite and they want to ask the president for yet another time though the only point i will give them is no with joe biden who knows? He may change his mind if you catch him at the right time and his brain is not properly wired for that, for that day and his script is not up to date. You know what I just – I can't handle anymore is the PR responses we know are fake. Hmm. The questions from journalists we know are fake. I just don't care. 
I don't understand how there was a generation of people, boomers, and to a certain degree, Gen X, who were like actually sit there, you know, uh, 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 attentive to a, a spokesman for an oil company after an oil spill when you know they're going to lie. When you know the questions are going to be boring, basic, well, they do sponsor the show, so we got to be very careful, but we do need to ask these questions. And I'm just like, why would I waste my time kind listening of like, to that? It's kind of like if you're in going for a family trip, this metaphor came into my mind, and you're sitting in the backseat, you're a kid, and your dad's driving. But then all of a sudden, in the middle of the trip, your dad starts screaming at everyone in the car, and you're like, well, I have two options. I can sit in the car and take it, and then get to where I want to go, This this joyous thing I was promised, or I can get out of the car and try and find my own way halfway across the country as a nine-year-old. So these people watching the media are like on the ride. They've been sold an American dream. And they think that if they sit here and take it, they're going to get there. They're going to be taken to this promised land. It's That's not the way things work. Yes. They've been manipulated the whole time. The guy who sat in his basement watching, as Ben Shapiro said, eating oatmeal and watching Matlock. Uh, <laughs> You really think that guy was going to do it for you? It, it's really astounding, and they're they're flailing in the exa- they're flailing because they don't have anyone. They, Joe Biden's not going to come to the rescue. Kamala Harris certainly isn't mm-hmm. going to come to their rescue. If not, it, it's gonna, it would arguably be even worse, you know. And they don't have the orator that Barack Obama was to at least make them feel good. You know, I I he was Barack Obama knew how to speak for sure, and he knew how to weasel weasel through questions and things Correct. like that. I, I I will say that this administration is so insane that actually the questions to Jen Psaki are are great, even, yeah. even as boring and as, as as lame as they can be. Like when when Biden recently said that he thought the midterm would be illegitimate, Jen Psaki's response is uh, actually he he was talking about Trump. He was he was criticizing Trump. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. You're like, dude, we heard what he said. You're just lying now, making the whole thing worse. But I'm glad she's lying because right. now it's becoming so obvious to everybody. These are canned responses with canned questions, and it is a waste of your time to pay attention to these people. Right, and, and that's one of my beats, actually, for Newsbusters. I watched Joy Reid's show, and I watched the White House press briefing. <sighs> and, and, and some of the questions are pretty boring and straightforward. But I have been surprised on certain days how, yeah, even basic questions that journalists ask elicit – such horrible responses from Jen Psaki or whichever special guest that she has on, you know, especially somebody like Jake Sullivan or John Kerry. Um, it is truly astounding how terrible it is. And journalists, I mean, it, you would say, oh, it's kind of just a whatever question, but it ends up sounding like an amazing question because their response is just so terrible to right. these questions. And they constantly <laughs> have to clean up for themselves. So they're not even trying to set traps for them. It's not even a trap, and they're somehow falling in. I remember this moment when uh, the Deepwater Horizon thing happened. I was working for these nonprofits. There's a big oil spill. I was in L.A. at the time. And the response you get from these companies is just like you you learn nothing. They say nothing. It is as generic as generic can be, and they may have well have said they, – they, they might as well have just said nothing because there was no point in issuing these canned responses. You know, we, So we recently had the CEO of Getter on the show. And we were talking about how they banned this dude. And he couldn't give me a straight answer. And he kept talking in circles. And finally, I'm just like, dude, this is BS. You know, I actually swore at the time, but we'll keep it family friendly today. And I was just like, I don't want to be involved in that kind of show. I don't want to sit here and talk to people. So, you know, this is obviously why people like longer form podcasts. That's obviously why they like Joe Rogan's show. I don't even think it's necessarily about Joe Rogan, to be completely honest. I think he was first in and best dressed. Mm -hmm. And that helped him. I mean, he's a famous comedian. He's a funny guy. That really works for him. He's, he's clearly talented. But I think for the most part, it's 
he he basically, you know, kickstarts this format of sitting down with prominent people in a raw scenario where they can't just avoid the questions because he's going to be like, I asked you a question, bro, give me an answer. Not always, but often because you're sitting here. You want to get up and leave in the middle of the show. That'll look even worse. What are you going to do in a segment like CNN where they give you four minutes? It's really easy to patter mm. your way out of a hard question. The inflation is hitting. What will you do? Look, we got a lot of problems in this country that we're going to be dealing with. And I want, oh, we're out of time. Thanks for having me. Bye. Right. And, or they're on a panel with 10 other people. Yeah. And that, and so you get to speak once. So all told, by the time you add up the amount of speaking time you had, maybe a minute, if that, yeah. and, or, you know, or it becomes a shouting match where there's a ton of crosstalk and nobody can understand what is being said. I get, I've gotten invited onto, uh, you know, Fox News fairly often as of recent. And I was kind of like, sure, whatever, I guess. It's like a couple of minutes. And I was surprised how well those clips do on YouTube. And I think getting like, you know, a million or something mm-hmm. views on some of them. And then after a while, I was just like, there's no point in trying to speed talk my way through a three minute segment. Mm-hmm. And I just do my show. <laughs> and, and maybe it's good because a lot of people say like, you know, uh, get as much airtime as possible, get on these shows. I don't know, man. It's just, I'm so sick of the inauthenticity, mm-hmm. just the fake, like pre-planned conversations. Here's what we're going to ask you about. Think about your answer. And it's just like, I, I don't know, man. I want, I want real conversations. I want to, I want to know what's actually going on. I think that's what people want to. I yeah. think, yeah, I think people want, and even some of us just want all of the above to be able to have that option to, Look at the digestible news that you can read, for example, takes you 10 minutes or see a really quick like YouTube story or like hear, you know, news and headlines on, you know, a Sirius XM channel and also be able to have access to longer form conversations. And it's possible because of the Internet and social media. That's the reason this show is doing as well as it is and other shows as well, because People have a thirst for that. They have a thirst for conversation uh, and nuance and, you know, just all let's, kinds of opinions. Let's let's hit a couple stories all at once. We oh got boy. this from Newsbusters <laughs> from Brian Stelter over at CNN. Peter Ducey provoked Biden Fox worse for America, America than SOB insult. So let's load on it. So this is a story about uh, it was Peter Ducey, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So he's he's a journalist and he asked Biden on the way out of this conference or whatever this. He was just like, is is inflation a political liability? Joe Biden, not realizing that his mic was still on, he said, uh, he's like, you know, inflation, what a great asset. Asset, what a stupid son of a bitch about uh, Peter Ducey. Apparently, uh, Ducey said that Biden called him and, you know, said it was nothing personal, pal or whatever, mm-hmm. and, you know, effectively apologized. Fox was particularly gracious. They were like, okay, you know, we're over it. And now Brian Stelter is saying Ducey provoked him. It's because they have to. Yeah. It's because they have to have the narrative of the enemy. These people are our enemy. These people are evil. And I'm just like, this is exactly why the corporate press is aflame and and spiraling out of control. And and it's in less than 12 hours that the narrative has changed. Last night in his newsletter with Oliver Darcy, faux former conservative reporter turned Brian Stelter mini-me, the two of them had a bit about this. And Stelter says... Well, we're not really going to spend a lot of time on this because it's not worth our time and there's a lot more important things going on. Here's what happened. It's wrong. The end. And, and so in less than 12 hours, we've gone from that to they're doing multiple CNN segments about it. And Brian Stelter saying what Ducey asked was a provocation, even though Jake Tapper said on Jimmy Kimmel last night that the question was fairly, fairly erudite. 
Like it was, it was, do you believe that inflation is going to be a political liability for you with the midterms? I do think, I, I, I think, man, part of me wants to say it's a dumb question to ask because we all know the answer to it. Correct. Yeah. But it proved to be a very, very good question to ask. Right. Well, and, and Ducey has explained this by saying that, okay, so it was a meeting of the White House Competition Council about the economy and most of his cabinet was there. And he'd given remarks about the economy. So then reporters started shouting him questions about Ukraine and Russia. And he expressed annoyance at that, that nobody was asking him questions about the economy. So Ducey is, hey, I've got, you know, are you taking questions about the economy? And then he shouted his question about inflation. So Ducey was on topic, what Biden wanted to talk about. And he gave that reaction. I kind of get it because if his question is like, hey, Biden, is inflation bad? Like, it's like, are you are you insulting my intelligence, dude? Like, I get why Biden might have reacted like that. But, but this is a chance for Joe to come out and be like, hey, America, hey, everybody, I'm sorry about the way I reacted. I'm under a lot of stress. This is unprecedented. What we're experiencing as a human race. Bear with why, me. Why is it that we can say that exact line, Ian, but they don't? Why is it that we can be like, yo, just come out and be like, let me just be honest with you guys. So uh, when we had the CEO of Getter on the show... We then had the CEO of Gab on the show, and I think it was Andrew Torba. He said, if the CEO of Getter came out and just was like, look, we banned Nick Fuentes because we're under a lot of pressure from these big corporations who are trying to shut us down, and we were effectively forced to do it, and we're unhappy about it, that's the reality of the situation. People would have been like, wow, I think it sucks, but I respect him for being honest. Instead, he's just like, no, he broke the rules, so we banned him. It's like, he couldn't even answer the question. I don't understand why it is that people can't just be completely straightforward. Hey, we had to do this, like. We're, we're, we're hands are, our hands are tied and we, we're unhappy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And how relieved would Brian, everyone would be. And then we could just move on. If Brian Stelter just came out and said, I am a paid hack who Jeff Zucker tells me to, you know, wake up every day and talk about how Fox news is the enemy of the people. You know, it, I, it would I, be totally fine. I understand why Brian Stelter would never do anything like that. And it's, it's yeah, different from that's... like, you know, Ian saying Biden could have been like, you know, he could have, he could, he can come out later and be like, yeah, I'm sorry for doing that snapping, man. I'm, it's a stressful job. You have to understand and just be like really straightforward. The thing about Brian Stelter though is that there's a difference between, you know, a president who's trying to maintain an image and a That's guy right. who's paid to maintain an image. So, you know, look, Joe Biden's trying to save face. He may or may not come out and be honest about why he reacted that way. Brian Stelter was hired specifically to lie to people. So he would never be honest about his position because it would just completely upend his entire career. Well, and, and to your point about Joe, Joe could have framed it in a kind of a folksy way. He could have said, yeah, nothing, well, even though nothing personal, but he could have just said it in a, he could come out and said, yeah, I'm under a lot of stress, you know, this country's facing a lot of challenges, but we're going to get through it together. You know, I ask for your prayers and support, uh, you know, you know anything, you know, anything. You ever, you ever see that movie with Robin Williams where he's basically like John Stewart running for president? What was that? What was that Dave. one called? No, 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 that's not. Man of the People or something? No, no. What was it called? You know what I'm talking about, right? She's like Robin Williams plays this comedian, and then he announces he's going to run for president, and then everyone he starts winning, but then it turns out there's like a glitch in the system. Man of the Year. Man of the oh, Year. Okay. It was actually kind of creepy propaganda if you watch it because it's basically at, at the time there was that joke about John Stewart and Stephen Colbert running for president because everyone was really excited oh, about it. Yeah, uh, not Colbert, you know, uh, but John Stewart's all right, but uh, uh, everyone was really excited. And they make this movie where it's like Robin Williams is like, it was really bad that I would run and become president or whatever. But but anyway, you know, I bring up this movie because in it, the reason he does really well is because he's candid with people. He's mm -hmm. honest and he just says it and he's he's sick and tired of the machine. Then there's also that movie Bullworth. You ever see Bullworth? 
No, I've heard of that though. Um, Bullworth, that's, that's the movie where the guy, he's a senator and he, he wants to kill himself. So he just starts, he hires an assassin to, to, to end his own life. And then so he's just like at these meetings and he's just saying everything exactly as everyone knows. He goes to a, a black church and they're like, last time you came and campaigned, you promised X, Y, and Z. Why didn't you f- fulfill those promises? And he's like, well, because you voted for us and you're not going to vote for anybody else. I mean, come on, let's be real. Wow. And, and, oh, and my God. It's an amazing movie. But people, <laughs> they, they, they end up loving him. And then he wants to live or whatever. But it, why is it that in, in our culture, we understand that we just are desperate for someone to be honest, to, to say the things we all know to be true, to finally admit it when you are lying, cheating, and stealing. Yo, like, n- how many viewers does Brian Stelter get? Seven? Like, let's, let's be honest, 80,000 maybe? Yeah, he, he has, yeah, he has on some Sundays pulled in in the demo about 80,000. 80,000? In the demo, yeah. Like, nobody is watching this guy. At a certain point, I have to wonder, it's like, why even bother? It's like, imagine building a bridge, and then, like, the end of the bridge just goes straight into a brick wall. It's like, why did you build that? <laughs> so why is he doing this show? Like, it's just, it's it's ridiculous. I so, I, I hear we are talking about that guy constantly. I just, I'm, I'm wondering mm. when we're gonna break into that moment where, I think we're getting there with, with shows like Joe Rogan's show, with shows like this, where we just have an honest, and I don't mean like revealing secrets about military and stuff like that <laughs> within reason. I mean like someone literally, like imagine if you got a government official and they were like, a video was released by Julian Assange showing a drone strike killing civilians, and he said, I wish they, I wish I could tell all the American people every single thing that goes on. But uh, there's a reason why we have confidential stuff. And there's a lot of really disgusting things the American American military has done that I think if the American people found out about, they'd be very angry. But I also hope people realize that, you know, there, there are, you know, people who are trying their best to keep Americans safe. And that means warfare is a gruesome, bloody thing. Now, that's a hard sell for the American. If the people knew how we were using white phosphorus in Fallujah and Iraq, how they were using it as an incandescent to light up the scenery, but what it's actually doing is melting human skin of the civilians on the ground, that they're... Psh- exploding it over if people knew that we were melting the skin of the civilians in iraq when we were there it would have been a different narrative and if they found out today i think it would be pretty jarring but but i'm saying like if a guy came out and said here's why we can't talk about some of this stuff because if you realized what we did in your name this country probably couldn't survive that that this country this this country is we are we are wealthy we are comfortable and then you when you have to learn about the things that this country has done and you're like it's kind of disgusting obama killed kids you know a lot of them and no American's going to vote in favor of that, so they try and keep it hush hush. I can understand when they're like, "It's top secret, it's confidential," and you know we, we believe we're doing good. Personally, I I don't think that's. I think they're not doing good all the time. I think there's a lot of corruption. I think they do you know weapons deals for the sake of weapons deals. But my my, my point is more so like they come out and they say freedom. You know, it's evil people who hate freedom, and it's just like shut up. Like, there's oil fields in Syria. We understand why you don't want Trump <laughs> pulling the troops out. You know, maybe I, I just overestimate the average person. The fact that there are Democrats who buy into all this stuff and keep believing it says a lot. Right. But maybe yeah. maybe that's breaking. Maybe maybe it's breaking. It's slowly but surely, I think, you know, um, especially now that Trump, you know, is not in the Oval Office. He's not president. It Like, sitting there, it, 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 that's Joe Biden is at the lever here that— He's the president and he's running the show, whether you like it or not. And, uh, they have other, they have to figure out other things. And now 
And that's why they continue to focus on things like January 6th, so that Trump is still a dominant picture. So we don't want to see what's going on over here with Joe Biden. And I think enough people are starting to see through that, that it's like, and people, as I've said before, want all kinds of topics covered in their news coverage. And they want their politicians to be very versatile and be able to answer these questions like you guys have talked about um, that really span the spectrum instead of just go down to these boilerplate things that I think people realize that we may have done this to ourselves, but that doesn't mean we can't find our way out of it. I think I think we're winning. You know, I, oh, I yeah. Yeah. The, the ratings collapse. The machine is desperately trying to prop up these shows. YouTube props up these big networks because they have to. Because, you know, they have this big, this billion dollar, multi-billion dollar machine to propagandize and manipulate. And it's not working. Yeah. You've got people in their bathrooms on their phones getting more views. Yeah. And you, and the way you look at it is you, these networks, it's almost, it, it's this partnership with these networks that, you know, what's to say if that YouTube and these social media platforms didn't do what they said that there would be, you know, that we're going to report negatively on you the same, you know, you want us to go Fox News or, you know, the way other platforms did on uh, you guys? I don't think so. It, it's the symbiotic relationship where they think they need each other to survive. Um, yeah. And, that, and that's why they're pushing all these, you know, new networks onto YouTube and streaming platforms. CNN Plus, are you kidding me? Um, you know, th- that they have lured away all of this talent. Chris Quarter- Wallace. Oh, Chris Wallace. Amazing. Jake Tapper is going to do a book show interviewing authors. Um, they hired a host from NPR, you know, they hired Rex Chapman. Um, it's, it's tiring. It, it's tiring, but they're doing it because they tr- are continuing to try and survive where, you know, you know, you they know, now we- entered our marketplace, this marketplace, YouTube and social media platforms so that they can push everyone else out. We need to talk about what really matters. And what really matters is that a truck carrying a hundred lab monkeys crashed. Some lady tried petting the monkey, and now she's got COVID symptoms. Yeah, okay. Uh-oh. Oh. Correlation is not causation. Oh, so this is a hard segue off of the media into something much more fun. Yes. And potentially apocalyptic. <laughs> so uh, this this is the story. You guys may have heard that a truck crashed in, in like near Scranton, and a hundred monkeys were on it, lab monkeys. The monkeys are in high demand right now because they're doing COVID research on them, I guess. That's what they report in the Daily Mail. So a couple of the monkeys escaped. Some lady gets out of her car after the the truck crashes. She steps in monkey poop, walks over to one of the cages that's busted open, apparently, and tries to pet the monkeys. What was she thinking? She wanted rabies. What happened next? So, yeah. Uh, She's now sick with what she describes as COVID (laughs) symptoms. She's saying she's she's got COVID symptoms. She called it a day from hell. She's being quarantined. Apparently, they sent letters out to law enforcement who responded saying you've got to quarantine for like 31 days because there's like monkey diseases you could get. And they're also isolating the monkeys to figure out if they got diseases. Everybody's tweeting at me, you know, Planet of the Apes, 12 <laughs> monkeys and the movie Outbreak mm-hmm. because they're like, this is how it happens. So, uh, you know, I think it's funny that we can joke about it. And be like, ha ha ha, the monkey truck crashed and a lady got sick. And it's just like, oh, you know, boy. what if within like a month there's like you know, 300 confirmed cases of monkey, monkey COVID or whatever. And then we're like, oh, you know, it's just 300 people in that area. They've quarantined it. And then like a year later, it's like COVID, you know, COVID 20 monkey syndrome is like going crazy. <laughs> what would you name the monkey variant? Like, the monkey variant. That's what you'd call it, bro. You just did it. <laughs> call it the monkey variant. I have to point out that this happened in my home state of Pennsylvania, mm. uh, up on I-80 in the middle of nowhere. This lady was driving along and saw the crash and like 
<laughs> do not approach. Do not feed the animals. <laughs> like, do let not me, congratulate. Let me, let me oh, show you so my, my tweeted, holy-ish, it's happening. Someone, uh, this guy Nico responded <laughs> with just a picture of Alex Jones leaning back with take his hands in front of his mouth. Yeah, taking a deep breath. But, um, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna say this as a, as a, uh, mostly as a joke, but also just as an idea. This story is a little on the nose. It's like, it's a lottery ticket, in my opinion, that a monkey truck crashes, their lab monkeys, and a woman just happened to be following it, gets out, decides to, to touch them, try and touch the monkeys. They hiss at her. She gets sick. And I'm like, this is the perfect narrative for the start of a new variant. You know what I mean? We're just checking the box. We're yeah. just checking the boxes here. Yeah. I mean, this is, ju- I, I still can't believe that this is real. I, here's, well, here's the crazy thing. The funny thing to me is that there's a hundred, exactly a hundred monkeys on the train, wow. which I, maybe isn't that weird to people, but on I, the, especially the truck, if it's like lab truck. research that they, yeah, they wouldn't have like, like some, why not 99? 62. Why not 101? <laughs> they, people love those. They're so weird. Well, I mean, you know, a hundred monkeys. Easier to categorize them. Number. 10, yeah. 10, and 10. But here's the crazy thing, right? So when we were researching this story, yes, indeed. I was like, let's, let's try and pull up this article. And so I was looking at all these stories. None of them mention the woman is saying she has COVID symptoms except her on her Facebook post and the Daily Mail, the Daily Mail got it. When you pull up all of these stories on Google, they all just say she's got pink eye. She's got, she's got a uh, pink eye. That's it. Oh. And then you take a look at the, the what she actually posted on Facebook, and she rules. says the symptoms are COVID symptoms, like seriously, a day from hell. That's what she said. Jeez. Why is the media not reporting that she has COVID symptoms? Don't they like the fear? Don't they want the fear? Yeah, it, <laughs> exactly right. And and what's to say it's not COVID? But the idea that she said it and put it out there and they don't want anything to do with it. I, I mean, it's pretty pathetic that you're willing to stoop down to, you know, you would think when you're putting together a news story about this insanity, you would think that you would want a post, like a Facebook post, where it's a good paragraph of her retelling of what happened. You would think that you would want to include that in your news reports. But they're, why are they downplaying it? That's, that's, that's what I don't understand. She said COVID symptoms, and we pulled up all these other stories, and it's like pink eye. She, ha- she has pink eye. Exactly. Like, okay. they, they, don't, they don't want to talk about oh. it. And they're, oh. Maybe they're afraid that there's going to be like, she has COVID symptoms and then she'll turn out to be like, actually, I just, it turned out I just had the cold. And they'll be like, oh, but there's exactly. COVID systems, but it was a cold. I think they, I, I don't know what to think, to be completely honest. This one's weird to me. You, you, the media would love to push a COVID scare narrative. I mean, they, 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 get, they make money on it. Yeah, I, the permanent lockdowns, they have continuous stories day after day of people in hospitals, people dying. Mm-hmm. And it, and it's very sad. I, I understand that. And these are people's loved ones. However, yeah, it is pure fear porn. It, it's, it's actual death. In, but they're not, they're not pushing it. And I they're think- not, and they're not pushing it. Whereas previously with Russia, it was this fear of something that really wasn't attached to people's lives. But now they have something that, you know, saying if you don't do as we say, you'll die. Right. Oh, with I, the COVID stuff, you mean? Where is yeah, yeah, whereas COVID so versus other in, things. In her Facebook post, she specifically says symptoms are COVID systems. I think, she said, uh, I'm very low risk for I don't know what yet, but symptoms are COVID symptoms. I think that part of the problem here is that the media is this is a narrative they can't control. I think that's the reason that we can't find her um, Facebook post anywhere except the Daily Mail. I think that they're trying to get a hold of the story and try to see how they can spin it. I think it's too early for them to really have their actual narrative lined up perfectly yet. And I think, yeah, if it turns out to not have been COVID, 
they'll I would guarantee you they would backtrack and put it up yeah. and saying you know she thought she you know Fallon thought she had COVID symptoms right yeah but she ended up not is yeah. she is she maybe uh-huh. saying something else like what 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 could that possibly mean other than you know like that's that's the story she's saying that she's got sick they say uh, in, in the title. That she has a cough and pink eye, and then in her Facebook post says symptoms are COVID symptoms. Uh, saying that a cough is COVID symptoms is a little like no, 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 no. They're saying when she said symptoms are COVID symptoms, symptoms. Oh, they they're, said they're a cough. saying it's a cough. She literally in the Facebook post they put from her it says COVID symptoms. But like if you look at these Omicron COVID symptoms, I saw five of them. It's like cold. runny nose, fever, fatigue. And you're like, oh, okay, those are also cold symptoms. Mm-hmm. So if she goes out and they go out and she says they made, she might have COVID. She has COVID symptoms and it turns out she has a common cold. People would be like, uh, but she did have COVID symptoms. And it turns out pink she had eye. <laughs> like, so maybe, maybe it wasn't you know, a big deal. When you see that in China now, there was a report I saw, uh, from one of the networks this morning. They reported that in China now, if you go into a drugstore and you buy cough medicine like Tylenol, and the government will flag you and say that you have to go get COVID tested. Wow. That they noticed that if you went into a drugstore and bought, and you went to the aisle and bought these specific medicines that everybody goes to a CBS or Walgreens nowadays to get, uh, you know, Tylenol, you know, ibuprofen or cough syrup, the government will flag you and say, you need to go get COVID tested because you're buying these medications for symptoms that line up with COVID. I mean, it, well, it's one way to inflate the cases. But we're, mm-hmm. but you know, we're going to send our athletes into this. Yeah, uh, that's a good point too. I don't, I don't know, you know, what'll end up happening with the story. I, I kind of feel like nothing. It's, it's like the monkeys escaped. I think they killed them. They captured a couple and then killed one of them. Like the report is that the monkey was seen in a tree and then several shots rang out. Ah! You know, people didn't watch what happened, Jeez. but you know, it's <laughs> well, like, it's, it's like when they, yeah. it's, it's like when you're like watching a movie and they take the animal off camera and then you hear a bang. Oh, <laughs> it's implied. What they did. Oh, I don't like that. But I just want to, I just want to point out, take a look at this picture right here. Look, oh, look at the, look at, look at homeboy. Yeah. Well, One of the monkeys pictured was found in a tree and three shots were later heard. WNEP reported. Yeah. Imagine being this dude, right? Huh. And you're, 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 you're born or bred or captured by these, you know, giant creatures who are poking you and prodding you and injecting you with stuff. And then the, the, the ship they're on crashes and you get out and you're hiding just like terrified and desperate. And they see you and they just kill you. Imagine if you were like born into a country and the social media networks were experimenting on you and your government was experimenting <laughs> on you and then you tried to escape. North that, Korea? I'm talking about the United <laughs> States. Uh, you can escape the United States fairly easily. You can kind of escape. Yeah. You can't escape Actually. the system though. They don't want yeah. you off the grid. Yeah, man, we're, we're, you can't we're, escape it. So, you know, my thing is like, I feel bad for this dude. Look at him, man. He's chilling. He's not doing any, anything. Look how, he's probably scared. He's it's, probably uh, like, I just want to be left alone. So monkeys do. They, yeah. they, cli- yes, you see, they climb the trees and they're just chilling out. They're living, they're trying to live their best lives here. Yeah, That's man. brutal. Were man. these monkeys infected with something beforehand? Did it ever come out or was it, or were they, they on their way to get tested on or they something? They haven't said yet. Um, what the article from the Daily Mail says is that monkeys are in high demand for COVID research to do experiments on them. And that uh, it's also true that monkeys can carry herpes B, oh boy. which if infects a person, they get, you know, brain swelling and then die. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, the herpes B virus. It's extremely rare, but it can kill you if you don't get treated for it. And I think there's only been ever one case of it transmitting from person to person. So it's like not that good at infecting humans. But that's why they're scared about these monkeys. I just feel bad for the monkey bro who's like, I am finally free. And then he like climbs the tree and he's like looking around and they just shoot him. Uh. Like uh spoiler alert, like Harrison Bergeron, man. Oh yeah, that monkey, alert. that monkey had a had a Harrison Bergeron moment. Yeah, sure did. Well, how did he have a Harrison Bergeron? Stepped out into the freedom and tasted it for a moment. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what happens at the end Read of Harrison the book. Bergeron? They kill him. 
They do? Exactly. I, be- I believe No. I thought it just ended. Uh, it ends with like Have the you door ever read- getting kicked open and a bunch huh. of people screaming huh. and death. Really? Uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. No, I thought, yeah. I, I, read it I thought it was a short story. I'm oh. pretty sure I read it. I'll look it up. I'm curious. Yeah, I think, I think you're yeah. thinking yeah. of something else. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I, I remember know. that not turning out so well for Harrison. <laughs> no, Harrison. <laughs> I don't know, man. Or but, yes, but yes, shout out to uh, rural PA, uh, Danville PA is where it took place. Great people in central Pennsylvania, but... I don't know. I would not want to be living near there right now, but that's just me. I wonder what they were doing with these guys, these monkeys. You know? Oh, definitely taking them to test on them for sure. Well, they're no, medical they're lab tests. monkeys. Yeah, yeah, but like, were they doing COVID research? Putting that's like what chemicals the in their says. eyes. Imagine, yeah, one of the se- a senator asking Fauci about this uh-huh. the next day. Uh, Doctor Fauci, a <laughs> hundred monkeys. Well, you know, Fauci runs that Monkey Island. Right. Well, I, okay, I got to. Oh, that's that's a little hyperbolic. That's... Fauci funded. Through the NIAID, this uh, um, monkey island thing, they basically breed a bunch of monkeys in captivity to do torture, like to do to, to experiment on maximum pain. Experiments. Yeah, and, and they call the, the, it's being called back to this maximum pain experiments, That's where tough. they take the monkeys and try and make them feel as much pain as possible to see Ugh. what they can tolerate before like passing out or whatever. Yo, Fauci's got a track That's record for doing up. real messed up stuff. Yeah, and that, and speaking of Tucker earlier, that's been something he's really been talking a lot about. He's had people from PETA on. When did you expect someone really? from PETA being on Fox News? I think PETA's trash. That's true. That's true. <laughs> when, when someone, um, becomes science, you know, it's, it's no longer ethical. Uh, when the ethics are out the window, it's science first, ethics second. Like Fauci mm-hmm. has actually declared he was the science. Mm-hmm. What a strange thing for a human to declare. Mm-hmm. That's like Nazi scientists, man. They would put the science first, the ethics came second. Um, experimenting on a populace with an, a rushed vaccine is like, I get it. In an emergency, you, you maybe there's precedent, but man, it is still an experimentation. Well, for uh, it, we, I think we were talking. Who were we talking to? Um, I think maybe maybe it was Badia Angar Sargon. The the vaccines that came out for you know with Operation Warp Warp Speed went through the clinical trials with people who volunteered for it. And even the right was, was very critical of parents who were offering up their kids to volunteer for the trials and stuff like that. So they went through their basic trials. And then we, we had a discussion about the Nuremberg Code because people were saying that they're still doing long-term testing, which is happening now because typically it takes like a long time. But by that standard, if that's experiment, experimental, everything is because they're, they're constantly rolling out new treatments that they're then, you know, collecting data for long-term studies. Yeah, it's really like only the so, Tuskegee experiment. The things right, we hear about after effect when things have gone wrong is when we really can look at it and say, well, that was a bad experiment. Which, if you recall, Joe Biden confused Tuskegee Airmen <laughs> with the Tuskegee experiment. Uh, he talked about why African Americans aren't getting vaccinated. He would refer to Oh, what happened is Tuskegee Airmen is a barrier for African Americans to get vaccinated. This, is, this, this, this stuff is this stuff is draining. I know it's, it's draining. It's yeah. impressive you know, that it's we talk about it every night. Well, I think that, about that daily. When you guys are talking about examples inside the United States, you go to China, what the Soviets were doing. Yes, not in Nazi Germany. Uh, that that stuff, the depravity there. You want to you want you want to talk about honesty and things that people never want to talk about. Uh, how much have humans? How much have Americans benefited from the human experimentation of the Nazis and the Japanese? A, yeah, a, a great deal. Yeah. The that that horrifying unit in Japan. They 731. would the, seven thirty one. One of the stories I read is that they took people and they would like stick their arms out into sub zero temperatures to watch what would happen to a person who was in between, and then they would like shatter the arm once it froze to see what would happen. And because of that psychotic research, 
we are able to save tons of lives when it comes to frostbite. Wow. Yeah. It's horrifying, no isn't idea. it? Yeah. You know, is... people, people, people need to have a dose of reality. These monkey experiments are horrifying. The beagle experiments are horrifying. Mm-hmm. But we don't, sometimes we don't know what we're going to find when we do stupid things, when we do crazy things. <laughs> so, True. so, you know, my thing is like, I'm not going to be naive and just outright be like, we should ban all of this stuff. Cause I'm like, we do animal testing for medications before we put it on humans because we don't want humans to die. And it sucks that animals die in the experimentation. But what's the alternative? Don't have medical advancement. Don't do trials. Don't do experimentation. I, I just looked up what has medicine learned from the Nazis. This is from The Guardian. And the first sentence is a lot. Uh, <laughs> a lot. Yeah. It's uh, including x-rays. It I mean, it just goes on and on and on. If you how how are we list. supposed to uh, advance medical technology if we don't? do like experiment research. on ourselves i mean yeah true that's so so history so, of medicine horrible yeah. right to try legislation i yes. think is is a huge huge opportunity mm-hmm. in that you've got people who have nothing left to lose who are like yo i'm dying i need something let me try this experimental med- medication because i got nothing left to lose i'm like that i think florida recently signed that legislation Ron DeSantis did oh, yeah that's wow. that's good trump was very much in favor of this i think too yeah uh before the show we were talking about this gentleman who got uh the heart transplanted from a pig which was really interesting because they did a deep dive on him after the fact and they were like oh my gosh this guy had committed a bunch of terrible crimes and i was like it makes sense to me that they would experiment with this weird heart on a guy who had committed crimes it sounds terrible to say but then we got to talking about unit 731 i was like this is terrible but this is where we are and this is how we've learned a lot of the things we've learned it was a the meat the news cycle on this has been fascinating because the washington post had this glowing story because it happened up in baltimore and um and then it, it was probably maybe three days later it came out it was a story right on the front page and the whole thing is deconstructing what happened that this guy was in a fight I think in Hagerstown got in a bar fight with somebody who uh, was feeling up his wife mm. and he stabbed him and left him paralyzed and he served years in prison. Whoa. And so he was a you know thing for this. And the entire piece is because he's still in the hospital and he's not really do, able to do interviews needless to say. So his poor son has been left to have to talk about this and like, what do you have to say about this? You know, does your dad really deserve basically the post trying to argue, does your dad really deserve life? Jeez. And it's quite, and it's a, it's a really sad question here, but um, obviously doctors are going to look really good if this ends up working. I think if people, uh, I, I think I, I, you know, I understand why, there's certain people who want to keep the populace in the dark on a lot of issues mm. because I think regular people don't want to acknowledge the great benefits they get. The really awful things that Anthony Fauci has uh, authorized have have I, I don't know to what extent they've benefited us, but it's it's not so much about what he specifically has done. I think the gain of function stuff has kind of screwed us substantially. Yeah. But in general, if the American people actually got an honest assessment of everything they've gained in exchange for the pain and suffering caused by a lot of research and war, I really wonder what this country would be like. Because I remember saying this during um, twenty, like 2015 when Hillary was running, and I would tell my friends, and I'd be like, do you like the way you live? Do you like your, your, you know, your wealth American you know, empire? Do you like traveling the world and having whatever you want? I'll vote for Hillary Clinton. Because she's going to maintain the status quo of the, the global elites and the, and the war, the bombing, Syria, all that stuff. And you're going to benefit from it. Do you want to, you know, end that stuff? Do you want to try and pull it back? Do you want to focus on this country? And vote for Donald Trump. 
But a lot of people didn't want to have that conversation. They don't want to acknowledge that the, that the United States benefits greatly off of war for a variety of reasons. That, you know, when Donald Trump came out and said he was talking about selling weapons to the Saudis, he said, it's going to be fantastic. All this money is going to be great for our economy. Yup, it is. Yeah. It's money coming. It's, it's oil. So that's basically what's happening. We do a weapons deal with Saudi Arabia. We say, we've got all these weapons. We're going to sell you. You give us money. That money we use to buy oil and oil free energy means human beings have to do less work. Greatly benefit from all of this nasty stuff. Are we buying the oil from the Saudis? It's a, it's a global market. Mm-hmm. So when they give us money, we can put it into the global market, buying petroleum and stuff like that. Back from them and other people. Well, we're, that's why I say basically we give them weapons for oil. Yeah. You know, and then we have the petrodollar, which maintains the status quo. But, yo, the I, 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 I really – part of me just wants to see how these urban liberals react to the reality. Oh, I've gone through this. Yeah. If you exposed all humans to all human trauma at once, it would – I mean it would obliterate the human mind. Uh, it might turn everyone into, into I'm just organic saying, savages. Give them what they want, but it might not. It might help us. Look at that dude. He's supposed. To, he's trying to get a heart, right? But he's refusing to get vaccinated. So right. they're not. They took him off the right. list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How's that universal health care sounding now? Mm. The, so these people on the left, they're just their attitude is, but vaccines are good. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, sure, okay. What happens when the government comes and says we we want you to undergo this you know this this treatment, otherwise you won't get your medical treatment and something you disagree with. Don't give the government the authority to mandate that you get a medical treatment in exchange for life-saving treatment. That's why we always got to have private private health care as an option. But I, I'm just saying all of these, these you know, hippie, these leftists, these liberal types, I just – I long for the day they get everything they want in a sense. I really don't because, you know, it would be chaos and everything would fall apart. <laughs> but for them to just have that, that, that moment where they go, oh – now I get it. Mm. And then just to have yeah. that, that, that loss wash over them where all of a sudden they can't eat. They're struggling to live. Electricity is through the roof. These people, you know, I've, I found an interesting correlation between people who are socialist and uh, uh, an interesting overlap between people who are socialist and people who have never been to a socialist country. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. it seems to be the same group of people. Oh, my gosh. Going to Chile completely changed my worldview about policing and about socialization of police like they have just national police it's completely socialized uh it was terrifying because you'd see feds on every street corner you'd see just feds standing there with their guns and their and their uniforms and it's like there's no one to protect you from the feds at that point mm-hmm. so you got to kind of desocialize law enforcement i mean we have a sort of interwoven socialized system of layer a layered socialism system of socialism so it's it's a little more it's a I'm little just, less you know, like bl- blanket socialism. Yeah, or if you go to like other countries like Cuba or countries, you know, former Soviet satellite right. countries, satellite republics, I guess it was, it was called. And the people that come to America, you know, or again, Cubans, Venezuelans, they know their stuff. You know, they talk about love of freedom and the Constitution and, you know, all the ideals that the left hates. I mean, whew. I mean, they're, they're so, I mean, they, they know. Well, another thing they say is that you can't lose the U.S. because this is the last place in the world like this. And I was going to say, too, that with the monoclonal antibodies things, one of the things that they're saying when Jen Psaki was asked about it, she was like, oh, well, it's because vaccines work. 
So you're telling me that um, if you don't get a vaccine, you also can have a monoclonal antibody. That really sounds kind of punitive to me. But that's what happens when you give the federal government that kind of power. And that's not something we should be trying to do at well, that level. Well, let's take a uh, we'll take a poll of the uh, our friends here at the crew in oh. the IRL studio. Um, if you were to show your average urban liberal everything that was um, supporting their way of life from war exploitation to experimentation, my opinion is that they would gladly accept it. Mm. If you went to them and said, here's how many kids were killed by Obama for you to get that, you know, cheap computer, they'd be like, agreed. I'm happy with that. Do you, do you, how, do you guys agree with that? 100%. Yeah. I, th- I think they would, especially the uh, urban elites in the Washington area. Y- you look at the, the wealth concentrated in D.C. that continued during the recession of 2008-2009, that continued with COVID, um, the growth in defense contractors uh, over the many decades— uh, that are all based in the Washington D.C. area. Um, you know, I t- you can go on and on and on, and I truly think that's something I've learned from living here in the or living in the D.C. area the last eight years. That it's it's I I I have you know I become more jaded, but it but I have that yeah, yeah they would accept it. Here's my question for uh, these Democrat voters: when they say you know I'm voting Democrat for this reason, right? They want to tax the rich. Okay, yeah. here's my question. How many children are you willing to kill in order to get higher taxes on the rich? Mm. Is it one, Whoa. two, three? Just give, give, give me a number because Obama killed a bunch of kids. Yeah. Obama killed an American citizen named Abdul Rahman Alalaki in a drone strike on a civilian restaurant. I think it killed other people too. And the response, the official response was, oops, we were trying to get somebody else. Well, and we had that in Oop. Afghanistan. We, I mean, not an American citizen, but we had that in Afghanistan with a drone strike. And the New York Times released this huge report and it's like, okay. Yeah, like how many kids are, are you willing to have killed for you is another way to phrase it. And then they might not say a lot. They might be like, oh, I don't want to have any kids. How many kids with parents who hate your freedom are you willing to have killed? Oh, well, now if they hate my wow. freedom, that's dangerous. Now, look, look, they're going to be okay with the numbers. People are okay with numbers. I can deal with X and Y. But if you show them the image of the person being killed, it changes them. Yeah. Yes, and this is because of the concept of bloody hands at arm's length. If it's out of sight, it's out of mind. If you don't have to see it, you don't see the bombing in Syria. It doesn't bother you. It doesn't bother you if, that people are jumping out of windows in China. I, and I would just add, I think, I think that my point is especially true with people in Washington. Mm. I think you go to some liberals in other parts of the country, um, outside of maybe LA and maybe New York City or Chicago. I, I it, you could probably change some minds, but, uh, in terms of the ruling elites, it's hard. To, it'd be hard to change that. You minds. get a bunch of people in public and you walk up to them and ask them all of the benefits you receive with cheap gas, cheap products, international travel, a strong passport come at the expense of children dying. How many children are you willing to have killed in your name to live this way in public? They're going to be like, oh, that's really terrible. And none of us agree with that. Mm-hmm. But if you get someone truly honestly in private. And it's most, I think, honestly, most people would be like, I don't want to have my TV shut off. Mm-hmm. I, 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 mm-hmm. I, I like all of the, the privileges and benefits that are afforded me. If you explain to people that slavery still exists today, that people who make your clothing and make your phones are effectively slaves, they'd shut up. I don't want to hear it. 
That's why when the when the when the conservatives criticized the left over having smartphones, they run in, into you know they they go full speed in defense mode of putting out these silly comics. There's one where where that guy is like, you know, there's a guy a peasant who says society is you know sucks and we should improve it, and then the guy pops out of the well going, "Yet you participate in society," mm. because they're very very desperate to to whitewash the narrative and be like, "We're good people, we're good people, we're good people." Yo, I acknowledge it. I know full well these computers sitting, these these monitor screens, my phone sitting in front of me. Yes, yeah, slave labor. Mm. I'm not a big fan of it. I'm not a big fan of it. But I recognize, and I'll be fully honest about how the world works and yeah. understand the privileges and the benefits of everything we get. Cheap gasoline, the energy we use for our machines, the energy that, that comes from from oil from around the world, and <laughs> under Trump from this country, the natural the, the, the fossil fuels. But there are a lot of people who want to lie because they want to pretend to be good people. They want to act like they're opposed to this, but they will vote for it every chance they get. You go to them in private and say, Barack Obama killed kids and signed the indefinite detention provision. We're, you're going to, you're going to sign this. You're going to sign away your rights and you are going to get a dollar cheeseburger f- for the next 10 years. They're going to be like, sign me up. My problem is knowing that this is all built on slaves, even the plastic for this awesome comic book. Like, <laughs> how, I, how do I stop acknowledging that? How do I stop myself right. from hating myself and want to destroy myself? You just realize the world mm. is what it is. Yeah. Now, now I think it's fair to say, you know, we, we actively speak out against it. We challenge it and we try to avoid a lot of that stuff. Some of it is seemingly unavoidable if you want to operate in this system, and I'm not going to, I'm, and I'm not going to pretend like it's not true. When I, when I, a friend of mine who's an activist, I, I said, you know, uh, I was talking about this friend of mine. I was like, you, you claim to be on the left and you care about, you know, fighting for these causes, but the reality is you're only fighting for your community, for your country. Mm-hmm. And they said, that's not true. I'm fighting for everybody. I said, no, you're not. You've got a Samsung lap- laptop. It's made at the Foxconn laboratories. Those people are walking off the roof in mass to commit suicide. They put up suicide nets to catch them because their lives are miserable. You don't care about those people. You're putting money into that. You're supporting that system. They want to believe that they're good people fighting the good fight. But the reality of the world is that most people can't see that far. Most people don't realize all the pain and suffering that goes into everything they have. I get it. I don't like it. I'll try to avoid it. I try, you know, to, to, you know, products made in America by good, mm-hmm. you know, free and fair labor and everything like that. But yo, we don't make stuff in this country anymore, which is why one of the reasons I voted for Trump in 2020 was because I would rather have a, a shirt cost 20 bucks mm. that I can only own a few of if it's made by someone who gets an honest living as opposed to helping, having these, these sweatshop factories overseas where we, ex- we exploit cheap labor where they don't get healthcare or anything like that. I'm not, I'm not in favor of that. I'd like the world to be, the world to be a better place, but I tell you, I would, I, I, I rest assured the average person and most of the people living in cities would sign the dotted line and sign that deal with the devil to get cheap crap because they don't want to have to do the work to get it. And it's and it's exploitative, but they're for it. And they want to pretend they're opposed to it, but they support it every chance. I don't they know. Right. Have we ever had a not not a slave capital, not slave capital society? We had the Romans. Then we had the Middle Ages where it was all serfdom and slavery. What were you going to say, Lydia? We have not. And this is an interesting point because there has always been slavery in the world. And people tend to try to tie it to America, which is incredibly unfair because we did not start it. <sighs> 16. We ended it. We did end it. And one of the things that you guys should do, because I know this is depressing, is go to humanprogress.org because I know the world looks bleak sometimes, but it is very much better for more people than it has ever been good for before. 
We are reducing poverty at an incredible rate. People have more fresh water. We have lower infant mortality rates. And even though people aren't like actually reproducing as much as they should be to keep humanity going, there are at least other things that are making life better for every, for let's, most people. Yeah. But, let's but, kick the conversation up a notch. Yeah. Let's say you get a president who's like, we're going to go to war in the Middle East. We're going to fight for the Qatar Turkey pipeline. We're going to start a war in Ukraine to push back Russia. And if you don't vote for that and you get someone who's an isolationist, China takes over and they kill substantially more people. Mm. So the question isn't even how many people are you willing to sacrifice? The question is people will die no matter what. Right. And it's a very, very complicated and difficult problem that's, we face as humans. That's part yeah. of why it's been a offensive wars like the history. You attack so that you don't get attacked. And right. it's always that's the cycle. If we yeah. if the United States pulls back from the world stage and rescinds the American empire, that gap will be filled by someone. Mm -hmm. And so you end up with these neocons, these war hawks who are like, I'd rather it be me than someone else. I can certainly understand that worldview. I just don't, I don't believe in that kind of philosophical uh, moral position of it's better that I'm subjecting people to pain and suffering because someone else would do it anyway. I'm like, well, you're committing an immoral act. We should push back against the immoral acts, but not commit them. It's tough, man. The, it's uncomfortable. The, it's an uncomfortable conversation. And yeah. I'll just point out, you know, and, and beyond products, the two of the biggest events in the world uh, this year, the Olympics in China and the World Cup at the end of the year in Qatar, all produced by slave labor. Yep. That, you know, around Thanksgiving, Christmas time, everybody's going to be tuning in for soccer. And that's been one of the huge stories, but people are still going to tune in. Yep. You know, there's I, I, the reason I say it's mostly city people. Is because people who live out in the middle of nowhere, you know, conservative types and rural types believe in personal responsibility, are, are responsible for a lot of their uh, own food, and they're willing to roll up their sleeves and do do hard work. But people in cities, man, they just want to exploit, extract. Not every single person, just a lot of them. Mm -hmm. You know, think about the person who works at BuzzFeed, right? <laughs> how much How much yes. do they pay people at BuzzFeed? 50 to 90K. Yeah. If you look at Glassdoor.com. And what are, what's their job? To write garbage, poisonous trash. BuzzFeed is complete garbage. And they're not the only ones. There's right-wing garbage, too. Don't get me wrong. Uh, the issue is there's no reason in any sane reality that someone at BuzzFeed should be making that much money. Because there are people who drive buses who deserve more than that. Because driving a bus does something for society. But writing about Brad Pitt's junk does not. And they make tons of cash. All of these big New York media companies mm -hmm. are garbage. And it's an example of these people who are who are providing nothing, but they're extracting everything. Yeah, writing about, I don't, I don't know, some model, you know, or the latest, I don't know, Britney Spears video. Or, yeah. or yeah. I went to or, BuzzFeed, Britney's face is at the top. Yeah, Britney course, Spears. Yeah. Britney Spears. Okay, it, it's fine. You know, that's entertainment tonight. You know, the magazines you read at the checkout at the grocery store. But, like, seriously – uh, to think that those, those organizations make the money that they do is just simply astounding. And of course, as you remember, BuzzFeed, you know, a combination with all their listicles and talking about, you know, this person's junk or, you know, this person's hairdo, they're the ones that partnered with, you know, John Brennan and Clapper and Jake Tapper to release the Steel dossier. Because yeah. they just want to extract. They're stealing the fine china from the ship after the iceberg was hit. They know it. Yep. You know, I tell this story often. When I, I worked for American Eagle Airlines doing like actually loading planes, eventually I was an acting crew chief. So sometimes I'd be in charge of the room, but sometimes I'd be working, the you know, lo loading the planes, getting paid, you know, like $11 an hour. And the first time I walked into Vice and saw what little these people did and how much they got, I was like, how is it you're getting three or four times what actual laborers are getting paid and you are doing nothing? Mm -hmm. 
But anyway, we got to go to Super Chats. If you have not already, smash that like button. Get your Super Chats in now. And then go to TimCast.com. Become a member because we're going to have uncensored members-only content coming up around 11 or so p.m. We have a huge library. You can check out all of our past members-only videos with people like Marjorie Taylor Greene and, uh, you know, Alex Jones Mike and people Rowe, like that. Yeah. Well, let's read what you got. Let's see what's, uh, let's see what's, what's, what we got. Charlie Wilson says, in the morning, Lydia, Ian, Curtis, etc. How would y'all allow that Curtis to wear that hat? Go Canes. Oh, the Hurricanes, <laughs> the bunch of jerks, as they're, as they're, <laughs> as, as the team is called, they called themselves, uh, and they knocked the Capitals out the year after they won the Stanley Cup in seven games, so. You're speaking of hockey. Hockey, yes. Okay, sorry. So we, <laughs> it cuts deep. Out of That's sport, well sorry. done, though. It cuts deep. We have a we have the super chat here. I can't read your name because YouTube blocks off the first super chat. But he says, "I heard that most people with less than ninety IQ can't understand conditional hypotheticals. If that's true, it explains so much. Hmm. That makes sense. It's also, <laughs> I, I think the military said someone with an I, I could be wrong with this. I think someone super chatted this before. Someone with an IQ under eighty cannot be enlisted they because cannot. there's not a single yeah. job they can Correct. do." Yeah, I think if your IQ is too high, you're not really suited for the military either because you're willing to question authority. Yeah, it's almost, <laughs> you're almost compelled to question authority. No, I don't, I, I don't, I, I disagree with that. I, I thought I heard that in the past. A high that. IQ is not uh, indicative of pro or anti authority. In fact, someone with a high IQ could be an authoritarian despot who takes over mm. and would be someone who's got the skills and the mental abilities could just be put in a high ranking position. But they don't want a despot to take over the military either. They don't want it like a mastermind or someone who's that smart. Would under would be able to manipulate and control that system and not have to worry about it. You know what I mean? Like someone who's that smart would run circles around the stupid people who are running running the show and then take it over. Yeah, it'd be dangerous. That's why I, I think mean, they don't want them. But I could yeah. be wrong about that. But but I don't think honesty has anything to do with intelligence. Stupid people can lie. Stupid people can tell the truth. Right. Smart people can mm-hmm. lie. Smart people can tell yeah. the truth. Morals. Better. Yeah. Yep. Good point. Dan says YouTube is misrepresenting the show, stating only one viewer. Yeah, that's been happening for like the past week or so, and it's been happening to other shows as well. I think I was watching Crowder, and it said one viewer. Thank you for being our one viewer tonight. I saw on YouTube, it was like Stephen Crowder Live, one viewer, and I was like, well, that's broken. That ain't right. (laughs) Yep, that's broken. That's all, yeah. Baxter says, so does Apple hand over people's text messages to Congress now willy-nilly, and this is something new? I thought iMessage texts were end-to-end encrypted, and not even Apple could see them. How does everyone have everyone's text now? Did, is Alex using Samsung or I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe Apple did hand them over. No idea. Yeah. Maybe that's it. And, and encryption. But if you can't confirm the code, they can tell you it's encrypted. It might not can't be encrypted. Tell. That's, that's the thing about signal too, because, uh, you know, I use, I use signal. It's supposed to be an, an, an encryption. Yeah. And uh, I think it's Moxie made that, right? Moxie Marlin Spike is the guy who made I signal. Know. I believe so. Yeah. And, uh, I've, I've talked to him before. He seems straightforward and honest. But for all we know, federal agents showed up to their office with a national security letter and said, you give us a back door, you get locked up and disappeared. And they said, well, I'd rather not be disappeared. So here's your back door. I have looked at the list, though, of what they can see, like the FBI can go through and pull and signals one of the best. One of the best. Yeah. But, the but best. you don't know if they were ever served a national yeah, security letter. Yeah, you're right. That's the challenge. Exactly. So Ian's right. Unless they show you the code. There you go. We've come a long way from if everyone in one recalls what happened with the San Bernardino you know, Islamic yeah. attack in California. That was a huge story about how, you know, the feds were trying to crack the iPhone of either the the attacker or his wife, and Apple wasn't turning it over. Mm-hmm. And that was, I think, 2014, 2015. Okay, All right. So they had something to turn over, and they were refusing it? Yeah, they, yeah, the, yeah, the, they asked Apple, and Apple was basically like, you figure it out. We're not going to. 
All right, let's read another one. We got Rob Maddie says, will you guys consider doing an audio book of Tales from the Inverted World? Also, can Alex Jones narrate it? That would actually be really awesome <laughs> considering so it's like mysteries and stuff. But in fact, the Tales from the Inverted World book, you can get it. I think it's not identical, but for the most part, it's the same as a podcast. Mm. So if you check out the Tales from the Inverted World podcast on iTunes and Spotify, you can listen to the sound effects and the creepy music and Shane, the author, is telling these stories. It's fun, man. I'm really excited for the new uh the new the part two or the next season, I should say, which is Ghosts of the Civil War going down to the south, trying to find the lost Confederate gold. Somebody died in the invest- during the investigation. More People saw it. There's UFOs down there. Crazy. No joke. Whoa. Yeah, but it's, but, it, but, but it's uh, near like experimental military research bases. So oh, it's, sure. I'm not saying it's not like it's, it's aliens or anything. UFOs, I yeah. heard that the, um, the, that they had flying machines during the Civil War, like hot air balloon type stuff. And oh, yeah. The, yeah, it was uh, uh, in um, Udvar Hazy where one of the space shuttles are uh, Smithsonian Air and Space Museum annex. And they have an exhibit where they talk about, uh, air, you know, hot air balloons and how they would be it would be used as reconnaissance during the Civil War. Yeah. Interesting. Roberto says, have you seen Howard Stern coming out and saying Joe Rogan shouldn't be canceled? It came up on my feed after reading about Neil Young failing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. it's, be, I think it's out of self-preservation. I think Howard Stern is like, man, I don't, I don't want to get canceled out of the things I said. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's had a few bad news cycles as of late lashing yep. out about unvaccinated people. So he's trying to save face here pretty clearly. Damien says saying the sky is blue is like saying water is water is wet. And a fish never drink water when thirsty. Okay. All right. RT says, good morning, y'all. I'm commenting about Tim's, Tim saying electricians don't have time to watch the show yesterday. I'm an electrician in Brooklyn and listen every morning while I work. Much love from New York. And please give my music a listen at RT baby on IG. Um, I, I, I will clarify that I may have misspoken, but I don't think that's what I was saying. I said, your average electrician doesn't have time to do all the news, right. to read all, all the articles work. that we read. So we can't expect your average tradesman or office worker to know why Fauci is a liar and how he's lying. Mm-hmm. But what we do is we actually, I mean, you, Curtis, you watch the news all day, every day, and then pull out and call out the lies and the manipulations. We do something similar. We do, uh, outside of just media, you know, we're, we're fact-checking and doing standard journalism across the board. That's our job. Right. Somebody who's an electrician has a job to be an electrician, so they come to us for that news and that distillation. And we mean this as a compliment that, yes, uh, a 20,000 word story in the New Yorker about, I don't know, Fauci is not something that we believe really any person should be subjecting <laughs> themselves to, that there's an incalculable number of things that you can do better with your time than that. So let us do it. Yeah, I don't envy your job, man. <laughs> You're like an admin. Looking at yeah. all, the, all the traumatic content <laughs> yeah. coming through your feet. Yeah, exactly. I'm exactly, exactly. <laughs> all right. Uh, Ron, Ron Jr. says, please do the next super chat in Alex Jones voice. I like that. All right. Um, I'll try. What do we, what do we have here? Wraith Customs Firearm says, Neil Young doesn't even do most of his, his music. Couldn't remove it even if he really wanted to. That's fair. I like that. that. True. It's good. Uh, oh my goodness. <laughs> no lies detected. Yeah. No lies detected. <laughs> All right. Twisted Logic Gaming says, why not both start a Minecraft channel, Tim? One hour a week, relax and play a game. Add your values into the commentary. Mm. Oh, I couldn't hey, do it, man. Culture. I do too much work already. 
morning show and night show is just work, work, work. Plus, people don't understand, man. There's so much administrative stuff that goes on behind the scenes. It was funny when I was talking to Joe about this and I was like, you know, I record, I think, three and a half hours of content per day, maybe four some days. And he was like, yeah, but that's still only like, what, three or four hours of work per day. And I was like, that's, <laughs> that's just recording it. Well, I think for Joe, he sees news and stuff yeah. throughout the day and he reads the news and then he sits down in a room and he talks to someone and then he goes back to his business. Whereas for me, it's like I wake up, I'm reading. Yeah. At night, I'm reading. I sit at the computer all day, just reading, fact checking, pulling sources, you know, doing my best. And then I record after I've read enough to where I feel comfortable and understand something. You know what I mean? I think that's our, that's one of the biggest misconceptions I get from people, from readers or just people that are curious about newsbusters. Like, it somehow sometimes gets the assumption that we're able to pound out these studies about thousands of minutes in just like, you know, four hours or something, three hours. And you're like, no, you can't do that. If you're going to do it right and you're going to actually do it accurately, uh, because we're saying the media aren't doing things accurately, some of these things sometimes take a while for us yeah. to get going, you know, or even just if you want to do a monologue form for a podcast, you got to prepare things that you want to talk about. Yeah. I looked up Neil Young that I can confirm it. He sold half the rights of his catalog to oh, a company yeah. called, uh, for 150 million. <laughs> so he doesn't even it? own it. He can't even get it pulled <laughs> off. Yeah. What's up with that? He owns half of his catalog. I don't know what kind of pull he thinks he has anymore. Yeah. Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says, smash the muv uckin Luke button. The Luke button. There's a no Luke There is button. no Luke button. Luke abandoned us. Luke this video. Luke this video? <laughs> yeah. Luke is in a better smash place. Smash that Luke button. Smash yes. the like button. John, uh, John Hoyle says, in today's climate, it was very brave of you to stand up for free speech and criticize Getter's and Miller's error. Um, I don't, I don't, you know what, man? When the left comes out with these smear pieces about us and what we do, they're lying. It is annoying when they lie and they're like, you know, these leftists who don't actually watch the show get all, their only information about me comes from the Young Turks who pull things out of context or like these other fake channels that try to manipulate and propagandize by pulling things out of context. But we've criticized Trump quite a bit, literally just criticized Tucker Carlson, you know, half an hour ago or whatever. I don't care, man. I'm not, I'm not here to play games and just lie to placate. You know what I mean? If Tucker Carlson does a stupid segment about sexy M&Ms, I'm going to be like, that was a really dumb segment. Even Freedom Tunes made fun of it. Like, yeah, it's like if you're a principled person, you can criticize people who are on, you know, you know, who are mostly on your side. In fact, that's one of the reasons why I think the right has been so uh, appealing to regular people mm -hmm. is that they're willing to be like, we recognize the fault in that and let's move forward and try and live better lives. You know what I mean? Where well, the left is just cancel and censor and burn it all. To the We're going to praise you when, and, th and that's always been one of my things sometimes when we get mainstream journalists that'll criticize us that, you know, you praised us, you know, two weeks ago. Why are you attacking us now? It's because. It's because we can. We're going to criticize you when we want to. Nature. We're going to say you did something right when you want when when we want to deal with it. It's. I mean, it's it's it shouldn't be it should be astounding, but it's not that their brains are that thick. I was thinking that you can't be principled and be partisan. I don't know if the two things can exist together. Like, if par you're partisan, means you like adhere to an ideology without principle. If you're overtly, I mean, there's there's shades of gray, right? But if you're overtly partisan, your goal is just to support party line. Then yeah. You're, you're gonna, you know, uh, Donald Trump can come out and be like, it should be illegal to burn the American flag. And then Candace Owens says the same thing. And I'm like, 
I think that's wrong. I think if you own the property and it's in a safe environment, you can burn whatever it is you want. And I think as, as, uh, you know, I used to be a big fan of Penn Gillette. Now he's kind of lost it. He was with Newsom. Yeah. Yeah. But he had, they had this really great bit, Penn and Teller, where they take, um, like it's a declaration of independence, I think, or the constitution, and they stick the American flag in it and then put fire and then the fire comes out and they open it and the flag's gone. And he says that burning the American flag is the ultimate symbol of the freedom that it represents. Mm. And I'm like, that is correct. So long as it's your flag. Like when Antifa steals a flag from somebody and burns it, yo, that's theft and vandalism of property. (laughs) But I think if it's yours and you own it. So when I see Trump say it should be illegal to do and other people say that, I'm just like, I don't agree with that. I think it's stupid. I think it's against free speech. And anybody who claims to be for free speech but thinks you don't have a right to, you know, desecrate your own property to make a statement is wrong. And I have no problem saying Trump is wrong and Candace Owens is wrong on that. But guess what? I said Candace Owens was wrong about that. And I said it was dumb. She's still willing to come on the show and have a discussion. Mm-hmm. That's why I th- and, and Ben Shapiro is much the same way. When they th- when they fling mud at him, he rolls with the punches and he jokes about it. Mm-hmm. I think that's appealing to regular people. And that's why Peter Ducey, the, the same with the Peter Ducey thing with Joe Biden. You know, he's rolling with the punches on this and he's joking about it that president can call me whatever he wants as long as he gets talking. Nobody needs to apologize to me. And people just find that so refreshing that's in this day and age. Yeah. Yeah. Johnny California says, finally bought a membership. Hearing you guys curse so casually is really weird. It's like the first time a new girlfriend lets you hear her fart. Yep. That, that, that is, that is true. Yeah. yeah. Ian, he's the worst, right? People think he's this mild mannered hippie guy, but as soon as we go in the members only segment, he puts his suit on. He's talking with, you know, he lets the accent sh- come out. Shave. He, he's, he's, yeah. He's, yeah he completely everything. fresh shaven. Yeah. Short that, hair too. Yeah. This I can't wait for. This is, this is going to be great. This awesome. is gonna, you're missing out if you're not a member. It's going to be good. Good point. All right. Uh, Harry Toe says monkey trucker disease. Copyright it. You got it. We're going to own that. We're going to make shirts monkey, monkey trucker disease. Oh, geez. It's better than the monkey variant. Yeah. yeah. I like that monkey variant. What is this? September says the monkeys were put down. The truck driver said they were cats. That's what the lady claimed. She was told they were cats. That's so weird. So were regardless, they... I would not, you do not approach. Yeah, no. <laughs> were they, were they smuggling the monkeys? Maybe. Man, that'd be so crazy. The Real Bambunga says, the media fear mongers when there isn't anything to fear. I'm kind of terrified this monkey story isn't getting a lot of attention. Might be serious. Yeah. Yo, what if it like, yeah, what if it's, you know, they want to keep it under wraps because it really is a major breach? Maybe they are smuggling the monkeys. And that's why they said cats and aren't, aren't covering it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's cats. in the news. Oh. Everybody talks about what trip. happened. Now this lady's saying she's sick. It's also like the perfect story for, you know, if, if it turns out there's a new variant, everybody starts getting sick. And they're like, well, you all saw the monkey story, man. So right now, you know, it's funny. Imagine this hypothetical. The Wuhan lab leak. Well, the virus emerges around Wuhan. There's a story about someone getting bit and peed on by a bat. And then you've got Anthony Fauci funding research and it's easily traced back. And that's the story, right? So now they're like, all right, do over everybody. Do over. We're going to do, do, um, let's, let's make sure that whatever the new variant is, there's a clear origin story. So it's, a bunch of monkeys oh, and a lady got sick and that's where it came from. We're in this age of reboots where everybody's rebooting everything, trying to do sequels <laughs> yeah. to everything, you know, movies, books, uh, everything else. I mean, come on. We're just going to completely start over from scratch. We're going to change all the storylines. We're not going to be in a cave. We're going to be on a highway. Yeah. I mean, Re- I mean, retcon. Yeah. Retcon. Yeah. We're rebooting COVID. This I mean, time it's a yeah, monkey origin. It, it, I was going to say, and we're supposed to smash, NASA's supposed to smash, you know, a spacecraft into an asteroid later this year. And oh my gosh. Gonna that's terrifying. And it's not going to work, and it's probably going to end up coming here. Oh, yeah, that was happen. at the end of the last ice age. The comet that hit North America apparently shattered before it hit, so it, was, it 
all these fragments hit, and that's way worse than one. And then 800 years later, the rest of the comet fragments hit again. Wow. So, like, do not blow asteroids up. You know, one yeah. of my favorite conspiracy theories, it's not really a conspiracy. This is the stupidest thing. I hate, I, I think, I hate how everything's a conspiracy theory when it's not even a conspiracy theory, right? The idea of a conspiracy theory is that, like, an evil cabal of a group is committing crimes. But now it's like flat earth is called a conspiracy theory. And I'm like, what? I mean, I guess if you think the government's covering it up, but that's just like a ridiculous theory itself. But I love this. You can read about it. There's people who believe that the asteroid belt is actually a planet that was blown up like in a galactic Whoa. war or something. <laughs> not surprised. Yeah. Me. And those are the fragments. I've, I've heard the moon know. is left over from a cometary or from an impact from planet Thea hit the earth and came out the other side and then cooled down and became the moon. And that Mars, if you look at that giant 1,800-mile scar across the planet, it looks like something hit Mars and skidded across the surface and ripped it open. And then you see all that iron oxide dust probably from the magma that just covered the surface. Wouldn't it be cool if the actual history of the planet was that aliens came to colonize a perfect solar system with a gas giant? And then a war broke out in space, and they blew up one of the planets, which became the asteroid belt. And we're just like the leftover servants. (laughs) You know, we were like the help. Of like, you know, the humans were the alien species that came to Earth. And after the war broke out, there was just like, you know, middle class people who were on the planet doing work and the ships all leave and they're like, all right, what do we do now? (laughs) Were they made to watch the planet get blown up? No, no. I'm saying like alien colonists were like the solar system's pretty good. And so they send middle class like laborers down to the planet and start doing basic work like tilling the field. They're not highly educated. They're not elites. They're not Mm -hmm. scientists. They're just regular people who know how to do plumbing and electricity and stuff. And then conflict breaks out between the the elites in the sky and then they blow up a planet leave and the people on earth are just sitting there like, oh, now what do we do? And there's only a small group and then here we are, you know, thousands of years later, the civilization completely oblivious to what the past was. Do you think we were seeded, the earth was seeded with life? Like hominid life? Huh. That's, it's a weird thing to ask somebody. Yeah. 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 That's why I'm, that's why I'm kind of like, oh my gosh, that's a weird question. I I personally don't. It's just an interesting, some people think that like ancient humans came from somewhere else and landed here and kind of started this. Let's, let's read more about monkey trucks. (laughs) Yeah. Carl Schneider says they only found 98 of the 100 monkeys lock your windows. I think, didn't they? I thought they said they got them all. They killed one of them. That's that's the implication. Right. Yeah. 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 Someone said, uh, Brian Knowles says the monkey truck issue, 100 monkeys, but crates with three in each. That's 99 monkeys (gasps) with multiples of three. But somehow there was a fourth monkey on the loose. Plus Fauci pushing for more gain of function. The hundredth monkey was the driver. It was actually a monkey illegal immigration truck. And they were... (laughs) They were using Probably. the crates as like a disguise to like, you know, and the monkey was driving and he's like, we're going to oh, make I it. See. They, were, they were given notices to appear. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Check in at their ice facility. Yes, yes. Exactly. I love this one from Raymond uh, G. Stanley says, why no tranquilizers? That's effed. F Biden. Yeah. Like, like bad. Biden did it. I mean, it wasn't him <laughs> as such. <laughs> Just blame oh, no. Biden for everything. Yeah. Yes. And the monkeys got out. Zachary says Michelle Fallon updated the situation on her Facebook page. I just looked. All right. So is she still sick or is she all right? Oh, I'm curious now. All right. McSquared says, Tim, the same media that won't say the woman had COVID symptoms vehemently downplayed a lab leak as a source of COVID. If someone can get COVID from a lab animal, it it lends legitimacy to a lab leak possibility. Mm. It would be shocking if the monkeys, if they are transporting monkeys that had COVID. That would shock me. If that is <laughs> like, I can imagine them sending them somewhere to, to yeah, experiment on them, but to transport them across 
the state would be another level of like, I would whoa. not be surprised, bro, if you read about what Fauci was doing. Be unwise. Breadbox says, have you guys reached out to Barry Weiss for IRL? Her personal evolution of morals and logic coming from the left is refreshing. Would be interesting to see the clash of ideas between all of you. Um, well, look, uh, you know, Barry's always welcome to come on this show. She's particularly a prominent personality. I don't know if she would have time, but we can reach out to her same as we do for everybody else. But I will say this. Um, my view of Barry is that she's well aware of the culture war. She knows exactly who Jordan Peterson is. She knows who the intellectual dark web is. She knows all of the ideas that individuals in that group have espoused. So for her to come out on Bill Maher now, shocked, I feel like is disingenuous. Do you think she's you know? virtue signaling for her friends? No, I kind of feel like she waits until she feels like it's safe, safe to speak out. Yeah. And that's why it took so long for her to speak out at the New York Times about what was going on. Yes. Because when I worked for these, when I worked for Fusion, I saw exactly what was happening, exactly what was going on with the shift in the narratives and, you know, especially with Vice. It's, it's, it's hilarious oh, how Vice yeah. was this edgy bro, yeah, you know, website. And now it's a feminist company. Yeah. And I'm watching that happening and I have no problem saying, this is dumb. I tried quitting Fusion. They were like, no, you can't. So for these people who are in media to be like, I didn't realize what had been happening. I'm like, you know exactly what was happening. Mm. Come on. You know, we're all sitting there in these same meetings. I've had so many people at these companies be like, the editor in chief is a psychopath. He's saying the stupidest things in the world. And I'm like, speak up. I don't want to lose my job. Okay. So when you come out seven years later and you're like, I'm shocked at what's happening. No, you're not. There are a bunch of people who worked in administrative stuff at Fusion, at ABC News, because I worked in the ABC News building. I worked in the ABC News building right by Central Park. And I also worked in the Univision building in Miami because I, I moved from New York to Miami. And for the, I was in the first year in New York, second year I was in Miami. I thought it'd be better if I was closer to the core team. But even the people at ABC News who didn't exact, who didn't work um, for Fusion would be like, I'm watching this insane stuff happening. You know, like the shift in narrative. They know it's happening, but they don't want to speak up because this is why I said my view of urban liberals is that if you went to them and said everything that you have and everything good that's been given to you, you can keep. And all you got to do is sign this document ordering the execution of a child in a foreign country. They'd be like done and done. They would sign on the dotted line. They vote for Obama twice. The first time he gets elected, he's like, I'm going to go blow up a bunch of kids. And then he did. And then they're like, I'm going to vote for that again, even though we're supposedly the anti-war voters, all that protesting about George W. Bush. So I'm sorry, you know, for, for, for people who work for the New York Times, for people who work for these big media companies, my view is they all know that any reasonable, moderate, traditional liberal type, I assure you, has sat in that meeting and been like, you guys have lost your minds. But far be it for me to say anything because I don't want to lose my job. So the real question is not that they're discovering this and having a moral transition, but they're finally saying, is it safe for me to come out and criticize the cult now? Yeah, I've, I've had no problem since the beginning to say these people are psychopaths. Like, let me come out and tell you with the same emotion I felt three years ago when I first had this thought. And I'm going to try and replay it for you right now as if I'm having it genuinely for the first time. That's why COVID is, is such a strong example yeah. of the hypocrisy and people finally coming to terms you see even mainstream outlets like the new york times say that oh oh yeah like this is really terrible this is awful what's going on here with our kids and um and it's so disingenuous and again it goes back to what we were talking about earlier about honesty and people are just thirsty for honesty and tired of the of the bs yeah 
All right, we'll just get one more right here. House Money says Neil Young likely deleted his tweet because he thought to himself, oh, ish, I forgot I sold 50% of my catalog a couple <laughs> of years ago. I guess I can't He's do that. I just, I just love the idea of someone at Spotify being like, sir, we're going to lose Neil Young's music unless we ban Joe Rogan. What do we do? <gasps> we have to ban Joe Rogan. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Joe would be like, okay, if you terminate the contract, you owe me $100 million and then <laughs> right. I'll put my stuff back up on YouTube. So that, that ain't going to happen. They got an exclusive on it. But my bigger fear is what happens after Joe stops. You know, is, is Joe going to be 70 doing this show? You know, he's going to be on Spotify or I mean, his Spotify deal probably won't exist. Spotify might not even exist. But is he going to be 70 years old? How old is Joe? Is he like 56 or something? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. 54, 56. 14 more years? Mm-hmm. Oh, He's going to sure. be like... I'm Joe, and this is the He'll show. He'll be young. He's on the life extension. He's got like he's <laughs> yeah, first in line for true. the Harvard medicine. Like, that yeah, don't, don't, sell, don't sell him short. Yeah. yeah, he looks it's gonna, great. He's going to be eighty, and he's going to be the exact same. He does as he look is now. great. That's so awesome. Yo, there was a, that's uh, the point. Yeah, in one of the articles I was reading today, they they showed a clip from News Radio, and it that you guys, have you guys ever seen that show? Yeah, Andy uh-huh. Dick was on New, it. Yeah, Bill so Hartman. That was I think it was like the first show that Joe was on. Yeah, he's really young, but it was this really hilarious scene where. Phil Hartman's character, Bill, reads the news. It's a news radio. So he's like, in today's news, Congress passes a bill. He needs someone to fill in. So he asks Joe. And in the in the show, Joe is an electrician or whatever and a conspiracy theorist. And it turns out he's he's like, or so. So um, who's the who's the the, the 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 who's the boss guy? Oh, yeah. Dave Foley. Dave Foley. That's right. So Foley is like, Bill, what are you doing with with Joe? Like, you can't have him on. You can't just take whoever you want, put him on the radio. And the reason Phil Hartman's character did it was because he wanted to look good. He thought, you know, Joe would be really bad. And so he's like, I'm going to go grab a coffee. And he gets out. And then Dave Foley says to Joe, Joe Rogan's character, you can't do this. You got to go. And then he's like, all right, well, you got 15 seconds to get someone in here to read the news. And then Dave's like, all right, do it because there was no one else. And then it's an amazing bit where he starts reading the news really, really well. And everyone's like, wow, he's actually really good <laughs> at, at, at reading. And then Phil Hartman's character comes in. And then he and then he asks him a question. He was like, "Why is the weather going to be cold, Joe?" To try and put him on the spot. And then Joe goes, "Well, uh, if it's like any other cold front, it's probably due to a low pressure system that's coming in from the east." And then he's <laughs> like, uh. "So then he grabs the paper from Joe and crumples it up." And then he's like, "So what was happening then?" And Joe goes. I don't have my report in front of me, but if memory serves, in Congress today, a bill was passed. <laughs> and it's just really, really good. It, it was funny. They included it because it's a bit about Joe being good at talking, but that was his character in the show. Anyway, guys, we're going to go to the members only segment. <laughs> um, if you haven't already, smash the like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show if you can, because it really, really does help. That's our marketing. We don't have billboards. We don't have airport commercials or anything like that. We just have you guys. If you like the show, you share it. And go to TimCast.com. Sign up to become a member because not only do you get access to our exclusive members-only segments, you're making all of this operate. You're funding the expansion. You're funding the new hires. We're going to be hiring more people. We're always hiring more journalists. We're working on these nonprofits. That is all thanks to you. We're able to do all of this, and we're going to do more. Ten years' time, we are going to be bigger than Disney. Mark my words. I like it. Ambition. Bigger. Bigger yeah, meaning ambition. more fiscally larger or more <laughs> Everything. people larger. We're gonna have we're gonna have ten we're gonna have I don't know how many employees Disney has. I don't know. We're gonna have a hundred thousand employees. It's gonna be yep. an exponential growth. Oh we're gonna take over the media ecosystem. We are going to shatter the corrupt mainstream news narrative, and we are gonna bring back real journalism and real reporting. In fact, we've already done it. And with your support, we will continue to do it. Yes. And then we're just gonna have this world that's centered around 
people are going to be like, yo, I like this Timcast news website. They never tell me what to think. They just tell me what happened. Yes. That's all that really needs to happen, right? Yes. And then we do this talk show. We have our opinion stuff, but our news is going to be, yo, this is what happened. We're not going to misrepresent it. I'll tell you, I'll give you a really good example. Mm-hmm. The voter rights bill from Democrats. You could just <laughs> as easily call it a voter <laughs> suppression bill, yeah. but the reality is it's a voter overhaul. Mm-hmm. But all the media, I'll say voter rights, voter rights, because they are lying, duplicitous, disingenuous. You get the point. You want to shout anything out, Curtis? Newsbusters.org. Newsbusters.org. Uh, I've, Follow me on Twitter at Curtis Hauk, all one word, my name, because uh, that's where I tweet all of the horribleness from Joy Reid and uh, Nicole Wallace and Jake Tapper and all the rest, so you don't have to. Um, and I watch Jen Psaki, too. So, and I actually try to figure out what Biden's saying, you know, string <laughs> she, it together. I, I'll just say Jen Psaki is really good at her job. She is, yeah. Like yeah. To, to to be like making cohesive sentences out of what Joe Biden has stated. Amazing. It's it's you know she's a liar. Yeah. But you know, she's getting it done. Exactly. You can, you can say that, yeah, she's a liar and she's pretty terrible, <laughs> but like, you can say like, that someone is able to string together sentences out of Joe Biden's drivel. That's hey, it. There you go. That I works. watched Saki say, hey, if you had a hard weekend, you know, just drink some alcohol oh and then come back and fight. I'm like, what the hell? She's telling people to <laughs> drink to and happen. fight? Go to a kickboxing class Thanks, and drink, a, and drink a margarita. margarita. Maybe, yeah. maybe rethink your advice there, uh, for, yeah. Hey, uh, I'm Ian Crossland. Curtis, great to see you, man. Yep, Good thank to, you. thanks for, uh, looking into the, the darkness. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> I didn't have to. Uh, check me out at iancrossland.net and I will see you guys soon. And I was going to say, I do appreciate Tim's ambition for the company. We have a lot of fun over here. We have a lot of fun on the vlog. And today I made egg custard and someone left a little gift in it. So you guys should go over to Tim Cast, or sorry, Cast Castle and watch that episode from today. And you guys may follow me on Twitter and mine's at Sour Patch Lights. We will see you all over at TimCast.com for our members exclusive uncensored segment. Thanks for hanging out. Bye, guys. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.